Blog Talk Radio.
5A, 4A, and 3A on Monday night. So we'll do the first round of 1A and 2A. At 8 o'clock, we've got a big-time baller joining us for the first time ever, uh, Willis Lane. He's running back at Camden High School up in Camden, South Carolina. It's a little bit of, oh, boy, if you look at a map, you'd say it's a little east of Columbia. I've been up there once before. I took some young men who competed at the Big Man Challenge. They have one of those Big Man Challenges during the summer. That's real fun. Another one over at uh, Lugolf Elgin is always fun to go to. Um, so definitely looking forward to Willis. Willis took his three-star 3A guy on the road and uh wow you know we were kind of thinking you know they had a chance to win uh they were going to be competitive with burns high school on friday night i don't think anyone expected a 30 to 19 win and willis uh if i believe my math is correct 250 yards rushing um three or four touchdowns so big willis lane's going to join us tonight he's going to talk about this season uh, last year he was the leading rusher in the state uh, he outrushed Keegan Williams, uh, who was over at Oceanside, by maybe 100 yards or so. But um, I talked to him earlier. We went over some uh, career stats, and, you know, they are they, – he, he's pretty impressive for a young man like that. Um, so what we're going to do is uh, we'll, we'll go kind of start along. If we haven't been able to by the time uh, Willis has done at 830, if we haven't finished with any of the predictions uh, for the 1A, 2A, uh, we'll definitely come back to those and get those finished up, um, you know, kind of before we let you guys out of here for the night. Um, here we go. I got my stats in front of me. So uh, basically with uh, Willis, I got uh, 2020. Uh, so this year he has 80 carries for 777 yards and 10 touchdowns for his career. Now he played a little bit of sophomore year. Uh, he has 399 carries for 3,819 yards and 42 touchdowns. So that's pretty impressive for the young man. It's been great to, to watch him. I'm definitely seeing, um, uh, you know, what we're going to get out of him in the future. You know, he and I talked a little bit off the show uh, uh, before coming on, um, you know, a little bit about the interview. Want to get some more background information about some schools and stuff he's interested in. You know, he said, hey, it's my senior year. I do got to get some things uh, worked up. And my man said he's doing all he can to push, push, push in the classroom. He wants to finish real, real strong. Um, he's had to, you know, deal with a couple things. But as he'll tell you, you know, he's fought back just as hard to classroom as he did fighting on the football field. Uh, right now he's certainly positioned himself, uh, you know, to look at something at the next level and to put himself out there. Um, but like he said, he told me earlier, he said, you know, I got practice in school right now, man. I'm really kind of – trying to clamp down I want to finish strong my senior year for any athlete listen you know you want to start out strong but you also want to finish strong as well so pretty good advice by him um so yeah we're looking forward to a big show I know uh Richie's been trying to catch up they got a big week big playoff game over at the fort uh looks like the 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 hostess with the mostest has uh joined us live so we're gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna flip the show back over to him and hit my buttons like I usually do what's up Rich (laughs) <laughs> What's up, big guy, man? I tell you what, man, it is definitely that time of year. It's 2020 all-in-one here on Southern Sports Central. Eugene, of course, thanks for getting us up and running. I'm going to bring on another guy, part of the uh, show here tonight, at least for the first 30, will be uh, Brandon Biscobing. Now, here's the cool part about this show. Right now, we've got a guy that hangs out over uh, with the ocean side. We, they, we follow those guys, of course, over there on the other side of the town, if you will, in downtown Charleston. Of course, Brandon Bisco-Bing, he's the voice and uh, travels around Carolina Fort. They'll be actually down here in the low country 
on Friday night as Brandon will be uh, calling that game with uh, Carolina Forest coming to Goose Creek and the Gators. Of course, I, well, I get the opportunity to be a part of that Fort fam, and we'll be hosting a really good team out of Columbia. That's that River Bluff team coming in here. And tonight, uh, you know, we, we actually did something um, that was pretty cool. You know, the whole team, uh, we got the tarp on the field and uh, tried to make sure that we can keep it in great condition. And I tell you what, talking about a team effort, a team drill, all of that happened tonight over there at the fort. And that's what kind of got me in here a little bit later in the studio is I had to get the clay off of me because, you know, they get that from the baseball field. They put it on the uh, football field. That keeps the conditions good. And, uh, again, what a great – uh, I, I just think it shows so much character of Coach LePran and, and that entire situation over there, the teamwork, the team building, if you will, that happened tonight because it has started raining as of yesterday, and it hasn't stopped really since then. You know, again, we've got a tropical storm, hurricane, if you will, down in the Gulf, the word on the street across the uh, media is that it's going to come across into Florida, work its way up the coastline, and somewhere around Friday, it's spinning off the coast of South Carolina. Now, the question is, does it have any rain to it by the time it gets here? Or does it go through Augusta, which, by the way, it's Masters, right? That's uh, going to affect those guys a little bit as well. But, uh, you know, what happens? You know, what can you do? So, uh, you know, we'll wait and we'll kind of um, leave that conversation up to Mother Nature. I will go ahead and say good afternoon, Brandon. As I know, you're down or up, if you will, up in Myrtle Beach, man, as you guys are getting ready to come down here to this side of town and take on a very good, very excited region champion, Goose Creek Gators, bud. Yeah, that that game's going to be a lot of fun. You know, what's kind of weird about it, and obviously this whole year has been odd, but Carolina Forest coming in as the two seed, as the, you know, at least in seeding-wise, coming in as the underdog. But if you look at all the polls around the country, around the state, uh you know, Carolina Forest is ranked higher than Goose Creek in every poll. So it's one of those games where, you know, just based on the seeding, you're thinking, okay, the Panthers have an uphill battle this week. But, you know, I think with how the Panthers have played, as long as they keep the turnovers down, as long as they keep the penalties down, they have a very good chance of beating the Gators this weekend or on Friday uh, down in Goose Creek. Yeah, it's going to be a good matchup. And the way, the way this works out, this is kind of premature prior to the year of the playoffs. Uh, you know, the, the seedings are kind of the way they are before the season even starts, right? It doesn't matter whether it was Berkeley in that region or it was Goose Creek in that region. You know, I believe last year, matter of fact, I know last year, you know, the lower part of the championship came through, you know, this part of uh, the region that, that Fort Dorchester's in. They hosted Dutch Fork last year. So, Again, a lot of this is kind of prematurely kind of done prior to the season. And, again, you start to kind of put it in perspective, man. And and, and it's hard to say who's better than who. But the best way to figure it out is put them both on the field, set that ball, and let's start the clock and see what happens. We'll find that answer out on Friday night. A lot of great action happening around, as you guys heard. Uh, Of course, Eugene and myself on uh, Monday night, Eugene, you and I picked out five, four, and three. Later on tonight, we'll get that one and two bracket figured out here. Should be a very interesting breakdown. But uh, other than your game, Brandon, you got Carolina Forest and Goose Creek. But other than that game, any other games that you're looking at this weekend that you're thinking, okay, that one there might be a pretty good matchup coming up this weekend? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think the Fort Dorchester match is going to be an interesting one. Uh, I think 
uh, you know, Dutch Forky on Somerville, that should be an interesting one. You know, obviously you've got a couple of games up in the upstate that should be good. And then down in 4A, you've got North Myrtle Beach against James Island. Uh, that should be an interesting one. North Myrtle Beach probably should be able to win that one pretty handily, but we'll just have to wait and see. And I, I'm trying, I'm drawing a blank at the moment on who Myrtle Beach plays. But in spite of the fact of them being um, a number two seed, uh, they're gonna, they're probably gonna be the favorites in that matchup. So you go back to North Myrtle Beach. Yeah, they'll be playing James Island, and that's going to be a matchup that I, I unfortunately feel like it's a story that you can tell if you're the Trojans that, hey, look, it's the first time in a minute that we've been in this situation. We're excited. We've gained a lot of knowledge. We've gained a lot of experience. We enjoyed the bus ride up, not as much maybe the bus ride down. And, again, hey, man, Disney makes movies out of things like this. So um, you, you start to kind of uh, put everything in order, and you just have to say to yourself, you just have to go out, play the game, and see what happens. For Myrtle Beach, it's South Aiken, by the way. And I know the other team in that region okay. is going to be uh, playing Buford. That's West Florence. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know much about uh, a team out of uh, that area that uh, you'll see Myrtle Beach playing out of South Aiken. But you wonder how upset Myrtle Beach is after taking a big loss. How, what was the attitude up there on the Grand Strand and all the papers when uh, North Myrtle Beach steamrolled over the Seahawks and they actually had to sit out a couple of their main players uh, due to possibly some injuries. Yeah, I mean, the the feeling around here was a little bit of shock, definitely, uh, at how handily North Myrtle took care of Myrtle Beach. But like you mentioned, the injury bug on the Myrtle Beach side was definitely a big factor to that game. So as long as they get you know, Ryan Berger back on the field. As long as uh, Adam Randall is, is ready to go next week, uh, they'll be fine. They'll be a team that they'll bounce back very easily, and they're going to be out for blood against South Bacon. They're going to want to get back into the win column after, you know, in three weeks losing two big matchups that, you know, on paper and definitely in their minds, they thought they should have won, first against Wilson and then this week against North Myrtle Beach. So it's a game that the Seahawks are going to be ready to go, and I am, I am expecting, and I'll give my thoughts, I'll give my predictions for this week uh, on my show, Sports Unlimited, on Friday morning, but I definitely think it, there is a very good chance that North Myrtle Beach and Myrtle Beach will meet once again in Little River for the lower state championship in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of rematches. If you look at a lot of brackets, Eugene, let me bring you back in, brother. When you look at these brackets, you and I went through the five, four, and three. You know, there's going to be a good chance a lot of teams that saw the other teams in the last week or the week before could be seeing each other in week number two. Like, for example, You'll come down here to 5A football, Somerville, good shot. They actually get to see Goose Creek. If Goose Creek handles business in the week one or in playoff week one, and Somerville handles business, they'll see each other in week two of the playoffs or round two. Same goes for Berkeley. They're heading to a Sumter team, very good, gotten better throughout the season. The Gamecocks will be hosting the Stags. But if by chance Berkeley finds a way and gets the dub on the road and the Ford handles business over – in North Charleston, those two teams 
or four teams could see each other, as he just mentioned, Myrtle Beach and North Myrtle Beach could see each other all in round two. Eugene, your thoughts on something like that when these guys put these brackets together, brother? Well, actually, I have a I have a, a great question for Brandon because he's been in, he's seen but all sides of this. Um, my question is: You got Myrtle Beach and Buford in that top round, and you think you know? Now, I did talk to Berger um, right after the uh, I think it was probably Monday or Sunday night or something mm-hmm. like that, and he says he's good to go Friday. Uh, I did not ask him about uh, Randall because you know I didn't want to talk to him about another guy. But um, that's just a rule I have. Anyway, um, he says he's good to go. Now, you saw Buford at Carolina Force. Now, that was a 5A mm-hmm. Do you think Buford's defense, after you saw what a defense did to Myrtle Beach, and now, granted, uh, North Myrtle Beach has a wonderful defense, but so does uh, Buford. Now, it may not be as good. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen those two play each other. But what are, your, what are you thinking uh, a Buford team, because that game would be at Buford, um, Myrtle Beach matching up in that one. Yeah, I mean, I've seen both teams play uh, Carolina Forest scrimmaged against Myrtle Beach uh, earlier on before the season started as well. And Myrtle Beach just – Buford has some players. They have some ballers, definitely. Uh, but just based on what I saw – I think as long as Myrtle Beach plays the game that they're known to play, if they stay at 100% and they're able to, and they're healthy and they're able to gel, they they've got this one locked down. Uh, you know, I would I mentioned it on on the broadcast over the last couple of weeks. First when, uh, first when Carolina Forest played Buford, and then last week when they played Wilson, there is a big difference. There are certain regions at all levels, uh, but there are certain regions within the state that you know that one region is a lot better, whether it's the top seed. You know, the top seed of one region would maybe be a three or four seed in another region. And I think that's basically – and this is not just in football. This is in every sport, it seems, that – the yeah. top seed in Region Seven, four A, would probably be a maybe maybe two, but probably three and maybe even four seed in Region Six because Region Six is just I, I've said it for a while they are the cream of the crop I would say in the entire state in terms of regions top to bottom. All right, well, give me your prediction at the bottom. I, I don't disagree with you. I think North Myrtle Beach – I think North Myrtle Beach is the team that, that represents the uh, lower state in the state final. Oh, yeah. uh, I'll just say that just just based by talent. I think that North Myrtle Beach is just it this year. They had it a couple years ago, about – what was it, about four years ago. I know what happened with the quarterback situation <laughs> right before the playoffs and all that. Um, but I think they're built to – you know, and that was that head coach at the time. He's over at uh, – Richie will see him Friday night and uh, Coach Harden. And um, but but I you know what I'm looking forward to really is a matchup I think between North Augusta and North Myrtle Beach. Both teams have D1 talent on their defensive line. At least you know has D1 offers I should say. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at North Augusta uh, as a matchup, but I really think that's a game I'm looking for a, a nice battle there up in uh, your area. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I've looked at North Augusta a little bit, and, and that actually brings me to another point when it comes to the Carolina Forest matchup, too. Both of those matchups this week, you know, for Carolina Forest, obviously it's this weekend, uh, but they have the opportunity to get it themselves next weekend if they win and Dutch Fork wins. But if it's North Augusta against North Merle Beach, North Augusta is going to have that revenge factor from getting knocked exactly. out of the playoffs last year over North Myrtle Beach. Same thing goes for Goose Creek t- this week against Carolina Forest. Same thing would go with Carolina Forest next week if they faced off against Dutch Fork. You guys have – I know you've watched uh, – or and especially your team has watched film on Goose Creek and whatnot. We've seen them play a good bit. Reach has seen them a couple times up close and personal. I mean, they're the enigma of this area. You know, some days they mm-hmm. show up and it looks like they could beat the world, and then, you know, they go and, and lose to teams who aren't even in the playoffs. So, you know, sometimes it's kind of a, a who you get with the Goose Creek team. There is that revenge factor that you noted, same as uh, North Augusta has been. Some guys have been texting Richie and I saying, that, you know, we're going to get those guys this year. We've been waiting for them since last year. You know, but it, when you look for look to a team like Goose Creek, now I know you guys are preparing for the Goose Creek A team showing up. Um, but what is it that, that you see that uh, you guys have an advantage over them in this game? I think the advantage uh, that Carolina Forest has is, um, I think, well, there's a couple of different advantages, but I think the main thing that's really going to be focused on and the big matchup to determine this game is going to be the battle on you know on the perimeter between uh their star wide receiver and and Luke Janik because or Adam Janik excuse me uh you know that matchup between you know uh on the outside between those two is going to decide the game because you know obviously that's their main threat and Adam has been on an absolute tear this season. He has he holds the record now uh for most interceptions by a Panther. Uh so he's just been he's been balling out this season. He's been getting interceptions left and right. If he can play the game that he's known to play and he's able to make force those turnovers and limit their receiver to, you know, at least you know, he's gonna get his he's gonna get his yards obviously you know he's going to coastal he's not you know he's not no slouch but if if the panther secondary can stop him or at least limit him then they have a very good chance of winning this game well tell me um so looking over on the four we'll we'll stick with it we'll go back to the 4A bracket what do you see on that north side as a matchup and then uh same thing with the 5a Yeah, um, let me actually pull up the brackets here because I've been primarily focused on uh, on the low the uh, the lower state. Here, I got it. For, uh, let me. Um, Mike can save you a little bit of time here. I just had him up. I was. Uh, let's see, so the four A. What I, I'll tell you, I'll go ahead and get tell you what I think in the four A in the north is AC Flora. They're averaging 60 points a game. Yeah, oh, yeah. AC Flora is definitely the team to beat in, in the upstate for a 4 Okay, that's kind of And I would I'm say that. 
I would say the team to beat for 5A is probably a toss-up between either Gaffney or Dorman. You know, that's probably going to be, you know, a rematch from earlier on in the season, which was an incredible game. Uh, yeah. Those two, I think, are just going to fall out, and, and we're going to see who is really the, the team to beat once we get to the upper state finals. Yeah, and that game actually came down to a, a missed field goal at the very end. Uh, Dorman's kicker, Omar Khan, is probably the best senior in the state. He's, you know, made valuable kicks. He, he, he did it in the state championship. He's done it in other places. He just, you know, and, and I talked to him afterwards. It was just a short field goal, something he's made a thousand times, and he just missed it. And, uh, you know, they'll have that revenge factor, certainly, if they get an opportunity to make it back to the state championship. Um you know, but that's obviously – they've made it to the state championship many, many times. They just have come up short in that game. You know, I know uh, some kids here in the low country want to have something to say about, you know, the outcome of that game should they make it, uh, as well as Dutch Fork and so many others. But, um, you know, even, of course, you know, the guys over there at Carolina Force, they get there, they want to have something to say about that too. But, you know, that's definitely going to be a matchup. I do think those two teams will see each other again. Uh, that's kind of the beauty of the playoff sometimes is that, you know, you, you face a, a region foe or someone you've already played. And, you know, when when you meet in the playoffs, sometimes everybody says, well, you throw out what happened before because it's the second season. Yeah, I mean, that that is kind of true a little bit. But at the same time, you do also have, especially for the team that lost, you have that added bonus of not only can we knock them out of the playoffs and advance, but we also get our win back from when we lost the game, especially, you know, this is probably not very likely, but, you know, I mean, even this week, you know, Goose Creek against South or Goose Creek against Carolina Forest, Goose Creek is looking to get that revenge factor from last season. You know, if, if Carolina Forest advances, advances to the second round, it'll be them trying to go up against Dutch Fork. And if, you know, if everything aligns, you could have you could potentially have a region matchup in the lower state finals between Carolina Forest and Sumter, and they the Panthers would certainly love to have that happen because of how they lost to the Gamecocks earlier on this season. Yeah, and, and I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, again, there's two sides to that coin, and so yes. You're looking at so many different antidotes here of, of how these two games between you look at, again, Goose Creek getting a chance to now beat and send Carolina Forest back up the road, down 17, up, down, and around the 501, and that would be their final ride for the year, right? Kind of like what Carolina Forest did last year to Goose Creek with uh, a very loaded, studded, all really good team of the Gators last year. And, of course, we had a lot of those guys on here. The final thing before I cut you loose there, Brandon, and, again, you can hear Brandon Bisco being right here on Sports Unlimited, Southern Sports Central style, Friday morning, 7 to 10. He'll be coming to you live from the studios up in Myrtle Beach. Now, that, let me ask you, since you're in Myrtle Beach, there's a team out of Aner that's going to be coming down to play in Oceanside. What do you know about a man? What do uh, the guys at Oceanside need to keep their eye on? you know anything about those guys over there on the other side of Conway? Yeah, I know a little bit. Um, they they play some good ball. They're, they're definitely a team that to, to look out for. Um, 
you know, Oceanside, obviously, very good team. They're, they're the top seed out of their region and everything. Um, that's going to be a close game because both teams are good. Both teams have guys that can play. Both teams have, you know, a couple of studs on, on their team that are going to determine that matchup. But I think Anor, if they can play their game, uh, I would love to see them advance. Um, but, you know, with with how good Oceanside is, that's going to be a, a tricky matchup uh, for them, especially with how they've, you know, They've played pretty well, but they just they they're not the team that they were last year when they won the region title. You know, Dylan is right. still the cream of the crop in, in that in that region. Yes, sir, indeed. My friend, thank you so much for catching up with us. Uh stay safe, of course, as everything's going on. We'll wait, we'll see. Hopefully Friday night the life will cut on. Because I know Saturday is an option. We're not gonna get into that conversation yes. now, but we're well aware that it could be possibly a wait and see either Friday or Saturday round one of uh, the South Carolina high school football playoffs. will be kicking off right here in and around the great state of South Carolina. Brandon, God bless. Take care. And again, we will talk to you soon. Yep. And if, and for everyone that wants to hear my thoughts on, uh, you know, what I, who I think will be advancing throughout the first round and all the other stuff, I'll get you guys ready. Assuming that we do have Friday Night Lights, I'll get you guys ready for all the games Friday night, Friday morning, 7 to 10, Sports Unlimited. Tune in. No doubt about it, ladies and gentlemen. There he is. That is the man on Friday morning right here on Southern Sports Central. You can hear him at the, of course, 7 to 10 hours as you drive yourself into your final work day for a lot of us. And that is over there on the Sports Unlimited. Limited. Quick break. Come back, and it's David Shelton. He comes in here from the, of course, Post and Career. He also covers stuff for Southern Sports Central Fan Talk with Bobby Harden and multiple radio networks across the great state of South Carolina. Guys, we'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central. It's Wednesday night. We're halfway there. Hold on tight. We'll be right back. This song is to encourage my brothers and my sisters that might be going through some things in your life. I want to let you know that Jesus said he would never leave you nor forsake you. You're not in this thing by yourself. Just keep holding on and don't give up. He'll be there for you. Whoopin' might endure for a night, but here comes the joy. Let's go. Come on. You said you said uh-huh. Make it feel like no one Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Ellen, alongside Eugene Benton, coming to you live from the Southern Sports Central Studios right here in Charleston, South Carolina. Of course, we are now going to head over there to the Temp Farm Hotlines with the one and only, that is David Shelton, who's probably got as many miles on his car this time of year as some running backs may have in the paper that he writes about. David, good afternoon on this soggy Wednesday afternoon, my friend. 
Oh yeah, without a doubt. I I am the leading I'm the leading ground gainer in terms of mileage. <laughs> I am the I, I am it, the Jaleel Porter. I'm the Jaleel Porter Dwayne Wright of traveling high school writer. <laughs> I thought about that earlier. I was coming back and I was thinking, man, you know, I know I put a lot of miles on my car, but man, you do it and do it well. I don't know who, who who sponsors your ride, but you ought to have a sponsor. Almost like NASCAR, man. You ought to put a bunch of stickers on the side and sell some sponsorship. You know, I hadn't thought of that, but that's a heck of an idea. I may work on that. <laughs> All right, man. So here we I know are. I went, I went to Columbia. I went to Columbia huh? Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, back and forth. Oh, yeah. Six trips. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a couple hundred dollars a day. I mean, a couple hundred miles a day. Yeah, probably both, right? I mean, if you think about it, because David doesn't just cover the football on Friday night. He's covering, you know, a sport. If it's got to do with the high school, this is the guy that you're going to read about, you're going to hear about, and, of course, he's going to tell you about it right here on our show here tonight. But he, I know you were up there doing some volleyball stuff. Let's start with some of that. We don't always give those uh, guys and girls a lot of love outside of football when it is football season, man. But, but kind of recap us, man. A lot of seasons have wrapped up. Why the football programs are, are getting gearing here in the playoffs, it is uh, a, a done season for a few teams across the state of South Carolina, David. What's been happening around the state and the other sports? Yeah, it, it's, it's uh, you know, the, the cross-country state championships were, were Thursday and Friday. The volleyball championships were Thursday and Saturday. Uh, the low country had uh, a state champion in 5A, Wando, which uh, is always seems like they're always in the hunt. Uh, if if not first but second, but they but they pulled off a, remar- a remarkable little comeback Saturday night and, and beat T.L. Hanna and Oceanside Collegiate was in the final of the 3A and lost to the defending state champs from Powdersville High School. So good season for them and and their coach Amir Coletti and I go way back to when I was a student at Baptist College and he was the head volleyball coach and I worked for the sports information department and I was the student that was in charge of volleyball. So I got to know Amir really well, and then he went on to coaching some other colleges, and now he's back in the high school ranks, and we were reminiscing the other days, like how far we've come in 30 years. Um, you know, he's coaching on the high school level and doing a great job. But we had some cross-country winners. Hannah Vroon from James Island, uh, freshman, won the 4A state championship, and their girls team at James Island won the 4A state team championship, the Bishop England boys, uh, which again is always there around the top of the heap. And they won the 3A boys. Uh, Philip Simmons had a great year in cross country. No award was the 2A state champion. And they finished uh, third, I think, as a team. And the girls tied for second. So I tell you, cross country is really strong down here, as is volleyball. Um, you know, we had Porter Gow that won the, the Skiza state title in 3A and that, uh, actually, they lost, but they played in the championship game. And, um, you know, they've won nine out of the last 11 years in skis at 3A. So a lot of good volleyball in cross country. It doesn't get a, you know, even even I'm guilty of it sometimes. You don't give it enough attention because down here everybody's concerned and focused and obsessed with football. But there are other high school athletes out there getting it done. Yeah, and it wasn't long ago they were swimming that kind of wrapped it up and some other sports. Tennis, I believe, uh, played this time of year. There's just like you mentioned, there's a lot of great sports, a lot of great athletes. So, David, 
when you look at all of it and all that they had to be faced with, of course, football is an outside event. Makes maybe maybe makes it a little bit easier. But for those on the indoor, those like volleyball, those like swimming, and a few other those sports, how do how, how would you grade things went this year with this very awkward season to still give somebody a a crown and, and a trophy to take back with them at the end of it? Yeah, you know, uh, uh, to a, to a coach that any coach that I even mentioned this to during the uh, last couple of weeks, it was just like. The, the winning and getting in the playoffs was icing on the cake because they thought in August they weren't even having a season. So to get a season in with little to no distraction in terms of COVID, um, it's been it's really been remarkable down here. Um, you know, some other areas of the state have had football games postponed or canceled. In volleyball, they had to reschedule some things. And uh, but but down here we were we were very fortunate until uh, you know last. Thursday when First Baptist had to drop out of the playoffs in football. But prior to that, it had been a really clean fall sports season. And I know the coaches and athletes were so grateful. They had a reduced schedule. They didn't get to play as much. But they did get to finish, and they did get to play for state titles. And and that's important to these kids. Yeah, I agree. He is live right now with, of course, David Shelton. He writes for the person Courier, covers it right here on Southern Sports Center and around the great state of South Carolina on many – broadcast as you can hear not only here but of course fan talk with Bobby Harden and on Friday nights with Phil Cornblue as well. Now David, here we are. We talked about state championships. Well that road begins Friday night, possibly, if not Saturday. It depends on Mother Nature, right? But with that all being said, we knew pretty much as of about two weeks ago who was fitting where. But when you start to look at the lower state, let's take in five A first. You know, you've got a couple of teams that know each other somewhat well and a few teams that are going to get reintroduced or reintroduced for the first time. Who are some of the big matchups in the lower state that you can't wait to keep your eyes on to see what's happening? Well, I, I, think, the, I think the most uh, – probably the most interesting matchup uh, is Carolina Forest Goose Creek. Um, you know, the Fort Dorchester River Bluff, you know, has some appeal. I, I think Berkeley's going to go to Sumter and – probably struggle a little bit. I, I think their quarterback is out, and that's not going to be good for that Sumter to face that Sumter defense without Trey Miner. Um, you know, and then Somerville's got to go to Dutch Fort, and, you know, they've only won 46 games in a row. So, uh, I, you know, tall challenge for them. Even though they've played well lately, I don't, uh, I don't think they've seen anything like what they're going to experience on Friday night. But, you know, Fort Dorchester is going to have to play. I tell you, we got nine teams in all the classifications that are in the playoff Friday night, and I could make a case where all nine lose. Now, I could make a case where, you know, several of them win, but, you know, Aner, Oceanside in 3A, Aner is not going to be an easy out. Uh, Oceanside is going to have to play well to beat those cats. Those cats almost beat Dylan uh, and and did beat Dylan last year. So um, I think that's a tough matchup. Uh, I think River Bluff's running game you know, Fort Dorchester's defense has been kind of up and down a little bit the last couple of weeks. They're going to have to play very well, I think, but I do think they'll be able to score. Um, and, and then, like I said, I, I think Goose Creek and Carolina Forest, you know, you talk about a pretty good offense, and that Carolina Forest offense is is balanced and can score points. And, and Goose Creek has had some issues on defense the last few weeks, blew a big lead to Stratford. Um, didn't didn't play great against Somerville, but played well enough to win. Um, you know, so I, I think, like I said, you know, I I think I could I could come up with reasons why 
all nine schools in the low country lose Friday night, but I don't think all nine will lose. But I, more than half, I think, will come away with a loss Friday night. Yeah, I, I see your point there, too, because you look at Dutch Fork, like you mentioned, how many games have they round off and kind of done what they do, right? I mean, that's just kind of this is their season. Until somebody beats them, it's hard not to pick them, right? I mean, that's how Clemson was up until this weekend. Well, talk about your Tigers, by the way, before we get you out of here. But Dutch Fork hosting Somerville, again, you, you, you got to give your tip of the cap to Somerville and, and, of course, what that coaching staff has done and how they've got a lot of momentum. Even though they lost a close one in overtime to uh, Goose Creek, they still look like they got better every week, and that's kind of the goal of any coach. But it's going to be a tough one on the road at Dutch Fork. Now, I also am like you, Berkeley going in without Trey Miner, who I got to tell you, I watched him firsthand on Friday night. I thought he looked great. I've known the kid since his little days. I mean, little days of tribal baseball. I knew his father and, of course, his mom. Great kid on and off any field. I don't care what it is. He's first class. But to see him go down with another injury, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking for everybody that, that is an athlete or, or, or loves the game. I hate to see it. But that's going to be a tough one. I mean, what would you do? Do you put Butler, do you pull him off the side? and put him as a quarterback in a wildcat position? Because to me, David, that makes him a little more one-dimensional. But yet, if you're going to do it, that young man would be the man that could get it done. Yeah, from a from an athletic standpoint, um, you know, that, that would certainly be an option. I, I just think um, to beat Sumter, you're going to have to be able to balance it out. You're going to have to be able to run it and throw it. Um, you know, I, I've never seen Solomon Butler throw a football. Maybe he can, but – I would imagine they'll probably go with the backup that's got some some game experience. I just I, what worries me about Berkeley right now is their offensive line um, hasn't played well in the last couple of weeks and uh, didn't play well against Somerville in the second half. Didn't have a great night the other night um, against Fort Dorchester and Sumter's defense is really really athletic, fast, good, well coached. Uh, I, I just. You know, I think Berkeley's defense will probably play pretty decent, um, although they didn't against Fort Dorchester. But, again, that's a different animal offensively. But I just don't know where the points are going to come from with uh, with Berkeley. Uh, but you know what? Uh, it's 5A football, and really the teams are so evenly matched, you you really, you know, you never know. But, but I, again, going into it, if I'm analyzing it, I'm wondering how Berkeley's going to score enough to win that game. Yeah, because here's the team, like Sumter, they seem to get better every week. I saw them in a scrimmage with the Fort early in preseason as everybody was trying to get stretched out and get ready for the season that we've been in here for the last, what, now going into eight weeks. But, uh, you know, you get better as the season gets longer, and you see they've got a great quarterback, and you already know they've got two guys on that defensive front that Sumter will bring in some heat. We'll wait and see what they can do. The other game that, I, that I'm very curious about, of course, I'll be bringing you that call over there on FD Sports TV, will be Fort Dorchester. They're bringing in a team uh, out of the upper, I would say, middle part of the state of South Carolina in River Bluff. Very different than what we've seen in a lot of offenses. They've got a very, I would say, heavy run football program. A couple of guys in the backfield, David, that seemed to really cause a lot of havoc around the corners, but then they try to – pick around to the outside just to kind of set you up for the inside. What do you see on a team, and I'm sure you've watched a lot of film, you know, between the last few weeks or you've seen some things out of River Bluff. What is the one concern if you're the defensive coordinator, maybe the offensive coordinator at Fort, that you're going to say this is what River Bluff does their best? Well, River Bluff is going to run the football, and if you're Fort Dorchester, you want to get them on those first two downs, you know, to where third and six is up, third and seven, third and five, 
if, if River Bluff is getting four yards to pop and it's third and two, Fort Dorchester is going to be in trouble because they, they'll keep that football. They will they will get a first down and they will run some more clock and they will get a first down and they will run some more clock. Um, and then when you just when you think you got it figured out, they'll they'll pop a, a hot pass on you. So, um, you know, at Fort Dorchester's defense and they got great linebackers and they played very well up front, but but they've had their moments where they haven't been great. But I, I just think if they can get River Bluff third and long, um, make them punt, I think River Bluff's going to have a hard time stopping Fort Dorchester's offense. And, and, you know, it could get into a scoring match, but I just don't – I just don't – I have confidence that Fort Dorchester will find a way to slow that offense down and, and they'll score some points. I mean, they're going to they're gonna score four touchdowns by accident almost. <laughs> Yeah, I like the way you're thinking. Again, Fort Dorchester does have the number one offense in the state, ending, of course, the regular season. We'll see if that continues. But they've got a very impressive five wide and a few good running backs, and you mentioned them earlier. And uh, that is that big Dwayne Slayton in the back back there. So a 1,000-yard rusher in really, honestly, four games. I know we had a seven-game season, but he did it really in four. Now let's keep going down the brackets real quick. Buford? You look at them, they're in the playoffs in 4A, James Island, and May River. All three teams, of course, from the low country or the lower part of the low country, all representing 4A football. Start with Buford and West Florida. Do you think Buford's been able to do some things here to get deeper into the playoffs, David? Well, this, this is a tough opener, I can tell you that. I mean, West Florence uh, is one of the two at-larges, but they're really pretty darn good. Uh, good quarterback, uh, good receiver, good running game. Uh, Buford, uh, they get real physical. Um, Buford did not handle their last outing with Carolina Forest very well. That would give me some concern. I, I think Buford can probably put a few touchdowns on the board, but their defense is going to be stressed because uh, West Florence can move the football on the ground. Yeah, you're exactly right as far as when you uh, start to uh, look like uh, the team that we thought they would be, and that, of course, is uh, West Florence very good, very uh, I guess I would say heavily challenged because that region they're coming with, of course, North Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, and Hartsville and themselves. You know, I believe South Florence is in that region as well. Looking down the bracket here, James Island, boy, I tell you what, we're proud of these guys. They got in the playoffs. Coach McCoy did a lot with not a lot of time getting them in the playoffs, but boy, they got the hardest win of the night against North Myrtle Beach, who just put it all over Myrtle Beach. Uh, David, what's your thoughts on this game as far as well, what do you take out of it on the yeah. way back from uh, that trip in Myrtle Beach? I, I think that, you know, it's great that what Coach McCoy was able to get them in the playoffs as uh, the second at-large. Um, and really nobody wanted that second at-large. James Island jumped all over it because they knew they were, you know, everybody knew they were going to have to go to North Myrtle Beach. Uh, that's going to be a hard trip for James Island. I mean, they're not an offensive juggernaut. And they're going up against one hell of a defense. Um, I mean, look what that defense did to Myrtle Beach. Um, and James Island's not even in the same stratosphere offensively as what Myrtle Beach was. So, yeah, I, you know, it's a long trip. It's an exciting trip. This is what you want when you're building a program. You want these younger guys to get a taste of the playoff, you know, and get see what it takes and then build on that for next year because, you know, Quite frankly, if they were to win this game, it it might it would classify as one of the top ten upsets of all time in all time of high school football. Uh, I just don't I just don't see a path to them getting an upset win at at North Myrtle Beach. 
And, and with all due respect, it may even be a Disney movie when I saw Sam Dunn, Casey McCoy. So if anybody can do it, my man, I got faith in you. Now let's look finally in 4A in the Low Country, May River, North Augusta. What do you know about the uh, boys of May River taking on a very aggressive North Augusta team? Yeah, that that could be an interesting game. I mean, you know, I mean, May River's got Ahmad Green at, at quarterback, who's an, a dynamic player, one of the more dynamic players uh, in this part of the state. And you know, North Augusta's North Augusta's quietly, very quietly, without a lot of publicity, put together a really good season. Um, but I don't know. To be honest, I don't know how difficult that region was. I mean, there were some there were some good teams in it, but I, I'm not sure how how deep that region was. Uh, you know, May River can can not turn the ball over. I, I, I give them a shot. I mean, I give them a puncher's chance to, uh, you know, to find a way to win that game because they, you know, I've I've always said no matter the level, but especially in high school football, if you got a quarterback, a dynamic player at quarterback, you're going to have a shot to beat anybody. Um, now he'll need some help, but I, I definitely think they can go there and and, uh, and and get a win if if not get a at least compete very well. Yeah, we'll wait and see how that works out. 3-8 football Friday night, Oceanside and Hayner. You mentioned those guys. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that one? And then, of course, we got Hanahan and Dylan. Boy, of course, Art Craig gets the toughest dog in the whole house, and that is Dylan Wildcats. Uh, David, your thoughts on those two teams that will represent us, of course, in 3-8 football here in the Lowcountry? Well, well, I think, you know, I was talking to Art Craig today uh, at Hanahan, and, you know, he was at Timberland for all those years, and they used to run into Dillon about every year in the playoffs. Uh, he's one and nine against Dillon as a coach, but about four of those games were like one-point games or, or two-point games. Um, so, I mean, he know they know each other. Uh, Dillon knows what Hanahan's going to do. Uh, Hanahan is capable offensively. I just don't know defensively if they can hang with Dylan because Dylan is really explosive. Uh, Art Craig says it's one of the one of the best running games that he can remember Dylan ever having, and Dylan has really had some good running games. So you know, tough tough challenge for them, but you know they're in the playoffs after a one and eight season last year. Art's building the foundation, and uh, this will be good for him. But uh, and then, like I said, I think I think this Oceanside Ainer game. Uh, is going to be very interesting to watch. I, I, I certainly think Oceanside will be the favorite, but I, I don't think Aner's going to just roll up and, and lay down. I, I think that's going to be a, a very competitive game. I'm going to that game, actually, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really good game. you got to remember, Aner uh, nearly beat Dillon this year, lost by a couple of points and had the lead, and last year ended Dillon's uh, – like 50-something game region winning streak and won that region. So uh, this group of Ainers used to win it. And they got some good players, and they run the football. That's another group. If they're getting first downs on the ground, they're never going to put it in the air, and they will eat that clock up. So that puts pressure on Oceanside, one, to get stopped, and two, when they get the ball, they got to find a way to score points. They can't be punting the ball because Ainers going to get it back. And, I mean, Ainers is notorious for five, six, seven-minute drives, uh, you know, and, and for those not new to high or new to high school football, a quarter is only 12 minutes. So, you know, Oceanside might get the ball one time in the first quarter, but unless their defense is, is playing well. Clock management seems to be our topic of the night. Maybe we'll talk about that here throughout the show tonight. Live right now with uh, David Shelton. He is our high school guru around the low country, around the great state of South Carolina, joins us right here 
on our Wednesday night show, 6.30. We finish up quickly with two-way, David. We're going to look over here quickly with Woodland and Barnwell. Of course, Barnwell, very good. Last year, not seeming to be the same team this year. However, it looks like Woodland has done very good with all that they have. And how about Phillips Simmons? Take on Pillion. How do you like these two teams in this conversation, David? Well, I think both of them, both of them have a chance. Um, you know, Philip Simmons is going to Peely, and Peely and beat Barmel. Uh, and like you said, Barmel's kind of had kind of a down year. I mean, they lost two games, and they've had a down year, but that ought to tell you um, what, it, what it's like in Barmel every year. But, but you know, Woodland, Woodland has not done well uh, in games where, where teams are pretty good on defense um, because they, their defense is – you know, not great. It's solid, but it's it's gotten better. But it's not a great defense. And uh, Barmel will find a way to score. And, and then Philip Sim is going to Peely. And I mean, you're talking about a Peely team that has been god awful for several years. And all of a sudden, they jump up and 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 win that region. But they're not a powerhouse. Uh, you know, I don't know. I can't predict how Philip Simmons is going to play. But I know Philip Simmons has been in a couple of really tough, close games this year. I think they, you know, they're kind of tested, but uh, and and I tell you, if if they go there and get a lead early, or or you know get that game into the fourth quarter, I I think they could pull an upset. Keep your eyes on the two A, ladies and gentlemen. It's the old school of Friday night football. These stadiums will be as packed as they allow them to be packed during the playoffs and the whole COVID regulations. Now the final win is one A. Looking at Carver's Bay, Baptist Hill. We'll take a look at Bamberg and C.E. Murray. C.E. Murray's kind of in no man's land. We like Coach Smitty, so tell me your thoughts on that one. Of course, Bamberg, another powerhouse team in that in that classification. How about Well Branch in the Johnsonville Flashes? Uh, David, what is your thoughts on those three? Well, I think Well Branch has had a great year, but they better show up Friday night because Johnsonville's capable of beating them. Um, if they don't show up, uh, they'll get knocked out in the first round. Johnsonville's a very good team. Um, you know, they, they beat Green Sea Floyd this year. They played Lakeview really tough. Um, and then that other one with Bamberg, um, you know, Bamberg is Bamberg. They're going to be physical. They're going to be fast, big, and strong, and they're going to play physical and, uh, you know, really bring that type of game to it. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be flashy. But it has been quite effective over the years. So, um, you know, that, that could be a really fun, interesting football game. How about Baptist Hill, Carver's Bay? Now, Baptist Hill is a team that we don't talk about enough, I don't think. But here, these guys punch their ticket. They're in. They're taking on Carver's Bay. Team on the other side, I believe, of Georgetown. What is your thoughts in, the, in a matchup like this, David? Yeah, I think I think Baptist Hill is is has got a shot to win this game. Um, Carver's Bay is pretty good, though. Uh, Baptist Hill is going to have to bring their defense. Uh, I think they can score, uh, you know, some touchdowns in this game. They're going to have to bring their defense. And, again, Carver's Bay is one of those teams that when they get the running game going, they don't let you get the ball back, and that puts a lot of pressure on the Baptist Hill offense. But I think that will be a close game. I think it will be very competitive. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. You say Friday night, David, you're heading over to, uh, I, I would imagine, Jackson Haygood Stadium, hanging out with a couple of pretty good coaches over there in a big-time 3A matchup that, uh, I tell you what, man, I, I basically say grab your popcorn and get that soda pop ready because it should be a showdown. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be a good game. I think all these games have potential to be competitive. I, I just don't know how many of the low country teams are going to actually come out winners. 
but that's why we play the game. And, you know, I can get on here and talk about it for 30 minutes and then something totally opposite happens. I'm used to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and I both, of course, Eugene gets uh, that guilty flag on this one as well. David, thank you again so much for joining us here on our Wednesday night. We love having you part of the 630 show. As, uh, next week, we'll recap. We'll, we'll, you know, don't believe without a doubt that uh, Eugene ain't sitting over there writing down your picks, by the way, because he got me earlier this week. So we'll recap your picks and see how close uh, you were to who we were because we've uh, done the same thing as of our last show. All right. Y'all take care. You got it, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, there he goes. That is David Shelton. He, of course, can be found uh, in many places. One of those is right here on Southern Sports Central. Of course, uh, recapping all the headlines, the highlights, and the what happens right here with high school football. Uh, Again, we'll get into one and two of those brackets later in tonight's show. And I'm so excited because in the end of it all, at the beginning, was a man we would call – Coach Jamie Chadwell at 7 o'clock. He is the head coach of the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, and they are undefeated. They are also the only undefeated team in the state of South Carolina. They're also ranked 15th in the country. Man, are we pumped. We've gotten his music ready to roll. We've got his introduction ready to be told, and I cannot wait, Eugene, in about a minute and a half when we go to the top of the hour, brother. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this one. We've had some, uh, you know, a couple of the staff members on. They've been, uh, you know, hyping, you know, the season as it's going on, talking to us, talking to the, you know, the the dudes, I'll say, you know, giving some good recruiting information, some good information on the program and how they run things and everything. We've gotten, shoot, we've gotten an insight on to uh, how they run scout teams this year, you know, with uh, Coach Korn uh, putting on a helmet and running the scout team quarterback. So, here it comes, man, the, the, the head coach, you know, the king of the campus, so to speak. We're definitely excited to have him on. Yeah, it's going to be a good time here in just a few minutes, and I uh, just can't wait to talk about the Shauna Clears of Coastal Carolina. You know, a kid that grew up in Myrtle Beach, right there just south of Dirty Myrtle, as they would call it, in Surfside Beach, South Carolina. I remember playing on that field before the Shauna Clears were even a thought. That's where the Conway Tigers played. They called that the graveyard, and it was positioned completely opposite than what you see now. As now, of course, it runs uh, side by side with that highway that it's up against. The other time before they redid the entire deal, it was going towards the graveyard with one end zone. The college was the other end zone to kind of give you some geographics to that deal. But I tell you what, Coach Chadwell has done an incredible job, and he's doing it the right way. I love not only is he going in and he's recruiting the guys in our great state of South Carolina, he's also going out there and killing it with the media, man. This dude has gotten it going on with every aspect of the game of recruiting. And I can't wait to pick his brain to hear about all the ins and outs and how he's being able to kind of stay in touch with and continues to win over, I think, the world of social media and recruiting because these kids are retweeting it quicker then they can well as quick as they can get it, Eugene. They're putting it right back in the retweet with a "Hey, look what I just got." Yeah, that's, they definitely are kicking it off and, and doing a great job in state, especially. You know, that's kind of what started this relationship you know, a couple of years back, and that was before those guys. You know, before he was the head coach, we were like, "Hey, you know, there are a lot of guys in state that that have a lot of talent." You know, and as we talked with Coach Corn, they recognized that and they said, "You know, there's so many kids right here." 
They can field a great football team. They started doing that. They made a very valiant effort. Man, they put so many resources. They started talking, you know, like he, he said uh, last week on the show, hey, if there's a guy in state, we're going to give these guys first preference because they're here. It's part of their community. It's part of their state. We want to win with those guys too. And look what it, look what it, where it's gotten them, man. They've gotten guys all over the roster from all over the state of South Carolina. They're winning. They're winning big. They're winning on the road. They're winning on national TV. Uh, and here they come. They got another national TV game coming up. Good chance for the guys that normally couldn't make it to a game or didn't see them because they weren't on TV. You know, they've gotten a lot of chance to see these guys play. So while they're not able to have guys on campus, they are having guys, you know, watch them, you know, with the product on the field. That they are. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now the top of the hour. The bus is pulled up on the campus of Coastal Carolina. We'll be right back with their head football coach right out of this guy. Coach Jamie Chadwell in that 15th rank shot a clear team going to join us right after this, guys. Don't go anywhere. And strike up the band, ladies and gentlemen. We've made it to my hometown, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We're coming to you from the studios in Charleston, but it's the campus of Coastal Carolina where the one and only head football coach, Jamie Chadwell, joins us. Coach, good afternoon, and thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Man, Coach, I can't even tell you how excited we are to have you on. We've had a couple of your coaches on here uh, this year, and I appreciate you allowing them to come on and, and entertain us and educate us throughout the uh, the time that they gave us here. We've had a lot of guys that have committed to your programs, Coach, that are right here in our great state of South Carolina. But uh, before we talk about the recruiting and all of that stuff, man, I'll tell you, 15th ranked in the country. You're 7-0. You're doing it big. And, Coach, I can't even begin to tell you how proud I am of you taking care of business in my hometown up there in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, it's been a uh, it's been an amazing year. You know, we we felt like we had a chance to be a, a good team, no doubt. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you we thought we'd be 15, number 15 in the country by any means, but uh, we weren't as bad as the uh, you know the prognosticators thought we were going to be. And our, our team, our team is believing in, in what we're doing. They're believing in each other. And when that happens, and you get talent to go with it, special things happen. And, and right now, that's what's going on. Yeah, Coach, big things are happening in big ways. As you guys started the season, and, and you started to kind of put everything into play for you guys, for for me, when, when you guys hit it over there at Kansas, it, it kind of, to me, kind of set the tone for what was happening over there with the Sean and Clears. Tell us, uh, that, again, was, was, was something that you guys have seen before, but to come back from such a big win against the Big 12 team, how does that, of course, propel you and get you prepared to stay up each and every week? Well, you know, the big part about that, too, is that was the day that the Big 12 sort of filled all the Sunbelt teams. You know, we were the last game uh, of, the, of that day. That's when, you know, Arkansas State won. That's when uh, Louisiana won. And so we didn't want to let them down, and we had confidence going into it. And to go 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 play beat them, you know, we beat them last year, but this year you beat them handily. 
And I think that just showed our team, hey, these things that we've been doing, we talked about during fall camp and all those things, they worked. And to play the way we did on television, to do it for the Sun Belt, I think that did give us a lot of confidence going forward. And it started the momentum, you know, and we, we've carried that momentum. We played well. I mean, really every week, you know, everybody tells me when we struggled last week, we won by 17 points. I'm scratching my head. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, our guys are just playing, you know, playing with a lot of confidence and belief in each other. Yeah, no doubt. As we're live right now on the campus of the Coastal Carolina, Shauna Clears, 15th ranked in the country, 7-0, Shauna Clears, and their head football coach, Jamie Chadwell. Uh, coach, to me, I, I watched how you guys really stayed focused, and, and it was the weekend where you guys played the Rage of Cajuns that I really thought, okay, that's the win I needed you guys to get on the road, back against the wall, and you finished what you started, winning that one 30-27, Coach. A game like that that had so much on the line came out not only with a win but a lot of characters. You guys made it back to Coastal. Yeah, you know, and I think that's the one that made, you know, other people around the country take notice. We we felt like, you know, we were here at least we, – we were pretty good, but I think everybody else still questioned us. And, oh, they beat Arkansas State, but to do lose, to beat Louisiana, it was on ESPN. It was, a, you know, it was a Wednesday night game. It got moved because of the hurricane. You know, everything sort of came together, and our, and we played well. They, You know, they were they were undefeated. They were ranked. And for us to go get a win like that, they're defending, you know, West champions two years in a row, preseason team to win it all. Uh, and I think that showcased really to everybody, uh, you know, what we were about, the way we won, the way we handled the, the kick and all those things. And then, you know, you got to try to follow it up, and, and our guys have done that. Yeah, you continue to follow it up. I was actually at the game last year when you guys posted Georgia State. And of course, uh, I actually was there, and I, I heard you speak to a lot of the recruits on that visit. I, I want to get into that a little bit as well, because I think you give one of the best presentations to the young men that come onto your campus and just the conversation, but before we get there, let's talk about that road trip to Atlanta. You guys win it. Talk about handily, 51 to nothing. You know, you took a, a tough one on the chin last year, but your rebound this year with that big win on the road and a very good, well-sounded, not only coach team, but team on the paper as far as it goes out of Georgia State. You guys went in there, coach, and picked up a big win. And, and again, that also propelled you guys in the conference as well. Yeah, and, and that was important. You know, I think the last year, I think that's one we all look back and say, hey, you know, we didn't play as well as we wanted. Obviously, you know, they've got a lot of South Carolina connections on their staff. They recruit the state of South Carolina. And, uh, you know, when it's a big game, we want we want every kid in this state that's uh, that's uh, thinking about playing FBS football, we want them to consider Coastal first. You know, we, we believe that. And to do that, though, you got to be people that come in your backyard and try to take some of your players. And that's part of it there. And and I think also our guys were only last year, you know, we, we let one get away. We want to make sure this year we didn't. And it was a complete domination from the opening kickoff. And to hold them scoreless and us, you know, put 50 points, uh, it was it was a big deal. And, and I think that it gave our guys knowing when we go on the road, we can go, we can go play well in any type of environment. As you guys continue to do again, winning last weekend against USA there, 23-6. to That now has just 7-0, and right 15th in the country. As we're hanging out with uh, – Coach Jamie Chadwell, we're balling on the beach, if you will, here on Southern Sports Central. Coach, you talk recruiting. That's something that I have a lot of respect for you because you spent a little time down here in Charleston. You know a little bit about Charleston, right? You got a little familiarity, and your name rings a bell every time it gets heard on ESPN or any other network across the country. We always say, that's our guy. We're just letting Myrtle Beach use him. But uh, now, Coach <laughs> Chadwell, when it comes to recruiting, that was a big win against Coach Elliott, who we know he's also from the state of South Carolina. But for me – 
And again, I was up there a couple uh, last year actually during this game, and I heard you, you know, speak to a lot of your athletes that were there visiting and, and why they should come to Coastal. But you also leaned on your staff, coach, and I think that's something that you don't read about, you don't hear on ESPN, and that is your relationship with your staff that sells that program and sells what you believe in across the board as much as you do, and you give each one of your guys an opportunity to kind of talk about maybe their path and how they got to Coastal and why they're there and why they should, of course, if that athlete wants to come there, why he should look at that university. Coach, can you kind of talk a little bit about your, your angle? Because I think you have done an incredible job understanding the power of social media when you guys tweet out a young man, it gets retweeted within about 30 seconds. I think that's a big deal in this generation that we're dealing with. It is. You know, I mean, social media is a powerful tool, and you can either uh, you can either use it or you're going to get used by it. So we've tried to decide to use it. You know, for us, uh, when we, we took over this program, and you mentioned my staff, and our staff uh, and the majority of us have been together 10-plus years, you know, Three of the three of the people played for me in college. We got a lot of South Carolina connections on the staff, and so you have to build it from the inside out. And that was part of it. I wanted I wanted to build a, a program, and ever you mentioned Charleston, wherever we've been, and build it inside out and start with your home state. And South Carolina is important to us, and that's why uh, you know we hammer the state because we feel like we're going to win a championship. We want to do it with homegrown people, and our and our whole selling point. And I say selling, we're about we're about basically two things. I want guys that are competitive that want to be disciplined, that'll live accountability and have passion for what they do. That's all we talk about is those are the type of individuals we want, no matter if they're four-star or one-star. We're looking for those characteristics and qualities. And then, two, at Coastal, our big thing is you got a chance to do something that's never been done at the FBS level. Part of the reason I'm here is I want to be the first coach ever to take this to a bowl game, X, Y, Z. And these players, they're going to leave the legacy, the very foundation of it. They're going to be some of the first to do everything for the first time at the FBS level. And then everybody else has got to follow that up. And how special is that? Uh, and that's how we, you know, try to do it. What we've been trying to recruit the people, the young men, and the ones that buy into that, they love our culture and they have a great time. And that's why we're winning right now. Truth be told, we got good players, but they've bought into that that uh, culture that we're about, and it's propelled us to, you know, top in the country. We're live right now with the head football coach over there with the Coastal Carolina, Shauna Clears. They're 15th in the country. They're 7-0, and led by the head ball coach over there, Coach Jamie Chadwell. Now, coming up this Saturday in the Sun Belt Eastern matchup between the nationally ranked, and that is Coastal Carolina, Sean Clear, 7-0 overall, 5-0 in the Sun Belt. And Troy, the boys of uh, Troy will roll, roll in 4-3. and three, uh, Has now been moved to ESPN2. Coach, you're doing it. You're getting all the publicity, and you're hanging out with all the right guys because you're getting your guys on TV, getting the opportunity. Coach, that plays a big part as well when it comes to these recruits, knowing that they can come to a place like Coastal on the beach, by the way, that doesn't hurt you either, Coach, I don't think. But tell us a little bit about all this exposure that you guys are getting on college game day, and now here you see you guys are moved to ESPN2 on Saturday. Well, that that has been a, a blessing for sure. You know, we never went in thinking, hey, we're going to be on TV this much. I knew we'd have a chance because of, you know, some of the other, some of the other uh, conferences not starting for a while. But I, if you had told me we, we're getting ready to play game eight and we've been on ESPN, ESPN2, or, you know, Fox Sports, all eight of those, I would have laughed at you. And what that's done is allowed our, our, our brand, who we are, to get more, more opportunities, get more doors than we ever would if we didn't have the pandemic going on. And that's just the truth. So we've taken advantage of it. I told our team, you keep winning, more and more people want to see about it. And now they get to learn, now they're following it. 
Uh, and, you know, I hope we can keep it going because then it, it's, it's the 22 kid, it's the 23, it's the high school freshman that's getting ready to go in and he just loves college football and he's watching and he gets to see that till turf and he remembers, hey, that coach of Carolina or something about them, I want to check them out. That's That's been huge for us. I totally agree with you. You know, the one thing that's probably the most catchiest thing, Coach, that, that you actually spoke on last year when I had a chance to be up there with you guys, and I've heard it prior to because I know a lot of guys that have come through that coastal program up there, and that is your big slogan of BAM, be a man, accountability, credibility. And, and you harped on that a lot, and, and, and you guys are continuing to build on that part of your program. Coach, for those who are hearing this for the first time, again, they must have been sleeping for the last couple of years, but – for those who are listening, Coach, tell us a little bit about where did BAM come from and, and how much do you guys say it day in and day out over there on that campus? Well, it started for us from, you know, Coach Mowgli had the program, obviously, before before I did, and that was really his mantra he's had for a long time. And then I got here, and uh, part of the reason I came was, was for that. And, and we both believe, you know, football reveals who you are. It reveals who your character is. And what we want to do with football, we want to use it to help you become the man God's called you to be. And for us, we try to define a man as somebody that's going to stand on their own two feet, take responsibility for themselves, treat others with dignity and respect, and live with the consequences of their actions. That's how we define a man. It's not macho, but that's what we want you to do as far as being a man. Uh, and and we, we talk about our guys being all the time. Like, being a man means you've got to take responsibility. And you're going to live with these consequences, Jack. You're going to treat everybody great. And that's something that happens every day, whether that's a professor, whether you're out to eat, whatever it may be. That entails everything that you do. And through football, because of the sport of football, we get to nurture and we get to train those young men and to help them grow into that. Because a lot of these young men, uh, especially in college football, they don't have fathers. Uh, and we are their fathers. And so part of the, us being a father is teaching them what they need to do to be successful beyond football. And that's where our, you know, that's how, what, why we coach. Now, Coach, right now like we're looking, at, of course, at, at the biggest conversation that's happening around is that you are doing so much. But when you start to look at the ins and outs and the numbers inside that offensive line, which, by the way, have gotten a young man, if I'm not mistaken, uh, like a guy like Devontae Jones and a few other big-time guys around you, you, you start to understand, Coach, that, that you're doing it with the right nucleus, the chemistry, if you will, on that front line. Tell us a little bit about – that that team that they might not be the tallest, but boy, are they not the widest? And they're giving your quarterback tons of time to throw, and your running backs ton of holes to run through. Yeah, we, we call them the mighty mouse because we're not very big across through there, uh, you know, compared to what most people expect the offensive line. But I, I think they embody our program. They they might not have all the measurables that people want to look for, but what they do have, they have the intangibles. They have that character that we talk about. They have the work ethic. They have desire, and they're tough. And if you're if you still have those values, that helps you be successful in life, but obviously on the football field. And our line is sort of taking it personal. You know what? They they talk all the time they're not big enough, they're too small. And our guys just play with the chip on their shoulder. You look at our quarterback, I think he's been sacked three times all year. Uh and our you know, we're averaging well over two hundred plus yards, four hundred whatever yards of offense. And that's because those old line who everybody said they can't play in FBS. Every one of those old linemen up there were told you're not good to play FBS football. But yet they're up there. They're starting on a you know a top program in the league, and it's because of their work ethic and and they bought into they've not bought into what outside people think. They buy into what the, their teammates believe in them. Live right now, wrapping it up here with the head coach over Coastal Carolina, Nashana Clears, 15th ranked in the country, seven and zero. Jamie Chadwell here with us tonight on Southern Sports Central. Is of course Coastal Carolina 
will uh, be playing the boys of Troy. And you can, of course, catch it over there on ESPN2. And with that being said, Coach, uh, let's talk a little recruiting and how hard it has been maybe or maybe not for guys, uh, you know, this year with that whole COVID thing and the restrictions, of course, of uh, different rules and regulations that have come in place. And, of course, now a lot of these uh, guys have been granted, well, everybody's been granted an extra year. Coach, how hard has it been for you guys to, of course, get involved, stay involved, and, and of course, having these conversations with these young athletes? Well, the challenge is – you know, because you don't get a chance to see them on campus. You don't get a chance to see them in, the, in their element, whether it's practicing or playing a game. That's been the hardest thing. Communication-wise, because of Zoom, because of all that, I mean, it's actually been easier because, they, you know, a lot of the times during the, during the spring and the summer, they weren't doing much because of COVID. So you could get them a, a, as many times as you want. And so I think from a communication standpoint, you've had a really a chance to get to know them. The challenge is you just don't get a chance to really see them in their element, how they're going to respond to different situations. And I think that's what you miss out by having a chance to either get them on your campus and get them around other people. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is what, this is what we have to do, you know? And so we felt like we've had to try to do a lot of different things and make sure we really find out that they love football, do they fit those values that we embody. Uh, and I think, you know, I think our, our recruiting department's done a great job on our, our commitments that we have. And we're almost really finished with this 21 class. Uh, and as we go forward, if this is the same, you know, have the same thing, we got to continue to do those zooms and all those different things. And a lot of it's easier, but you know, obviously that evaluation piece and, and has made it a lot harder. And 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 everybody says there's going to be some misses, you know, this year because you didn't get a chance to see guys play it. We're hoping that we don't miss on the character piece. If we don't, then we feel like we can help maximize the potential they do have. Now, coach, talking about these recruits, we've got a lot of young athletes here listening tonight, a lot of mamas and daddies and grandmas maybe even the neighbors listening in here tonight about these young kids coming up. And, again, their challenges are, are definitely up in the forefront here with us here tonight. What advice do you give an up-and-coming class of 21 or maybe that junior or sophomore right now as they have a lot going against them and how do they keep in touch with uh, universities and colleges and, of course, you guys over at Coastal? Well, you know, I mean, the main thing they got to do is be a great teammate at their high school. Continue whether they're playing now, whether they're playing the spring, they got to be the best teammate they can be. And what that means is obviously doing what's right in the weight room, doing what's right in the practice field, but doing what's right in the classroom. And then I encourage everybody to: we don't know if camps are coming back. You don't know what what's going on. I, I encourage every young person I talk to for the twenty-one. It's almost too late. Going forward, I tell everybody: have you after your season? Have you coaches? Y'all get together, do your own little combine, do what people want to see. And then that way, be out front of that because that's going, they're the ones that are going to be the difference. If there's no camps and you can't go to all these combines, do your own thing so coaches can say, hey, this guy's, this guy's working you know, his tail off to try to put himself out there to see what he's about. And so I would encourage, don't get disappointed. Uh, it's going, you're going to get recruited if you have those other characteristics, if you're handling your business, if you are a great teammate. Uh, it's a challenging time. Every, you know, everybody wants to go see places, but I would encourage them to research at any school. Obviously, Coastal's an awesome place, but maybe Coastal's not the best fit for him. I'm realistic about that. But research it as much as you can and learn about what, what, what you're interested in major-wise, all those different things, and then go, go isolate on those schools that you think are the best in, you know, for you. Now, obviously, you mentioned it. We're, we are close to the beach, so I, I think most people like that, so that's a good benefit for us. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Coach, being a kid that grew up in Surfside Beach, right off of Surfside Drive, how hard would it be to recruit a young man to come to the beach that maybe never seen the beach or have an opportunity to call Myrtle Beach home for the first time? I'm sure as much, and I'm going to say the other side of it, Coach, as much as you guys have to enjoy having that as an opportunity, it also, if you're not careful, it can easily be a distraction being a kid that went to Socrates High School 
And uh, when the weather gets warm, boy, the eyes start to wander across those woods over the other side of uh, King's Highway. Yeah, it is. You, I, you hit it on the nail there. You've got to be we, – we talk we talk about it, but we tell, we tell people all the time, the beach is just an overflow for us. If you come here for that, you're coming for the wrong reasons, and you're not going to make it at Coastal. That's just an overflow and a benefit of coming here. Uh, and it's great, but also, as you mentioned, it can be a distraction. It's how you choose to handle it. And for us, you know, it's something that we talk about, but we don't sell. Uh, we want you to come here because of the other stuff. And, and, and I think the guys that are here, they do that. They just enjoy having the beach. You know, I mean, it's, we're in November right now. It was 80 degrees today. Oh, it was definitely a nice and minus a little bit of rain and a little bit of weather there. But you know what? A bad day at the beach is better than some other places on a good day. Now, you look at it that way, Coach, you guys will again uh, be taken off uh, soon to be playing in a very good game against the boys of Troy. They're 4-3, and three, by the way. You guys coming in at 7-0, 5-0 in the Sun Belt. I call it the Fun Belt like a lot of guys, Coach. But uh, what is the game plan as we're here Wednesday and uh, going forward? Well, you know, they are they are a good team. You know, when they uh, they, they played, they're 4-3. and three. The only game they got really beat bad on was BYU, which BYU is beating everybody bad right now. They, the two other ones, they had chances to win in the fourth quarter. And so they missed a two-point conversion, and they then they missed a uh, – through an interception in on the last play of the game, they could have won that one. So they're challenging to us. Uh, we can't afford to overlook anybody. We got to focus on you know us and our and our team. That's been our, our goal each week, and we're going to play well to win. But uh, you know our guys are playing a lot of confidence right now. We got to go down there and take it. No doubt, Coach. Final thing before I get you loose. I know you got a busy schedule tonight, and I want to thank you and all those at Coastal Carolina for making this happen tonight, having you on Southern Sports Central. But Colton has been on here with us uh, a few times, Coach. Uh, he, of course, Colton Corn is uh, the guy that took one from the high spots of that ladder. Where is all this excitement and that energy in the locker room that's kind of taken off and being part of the uh, tradition, I guess you would say, this year? Well, it has, it has become for us a, a sort of a tradition to uh, win, you know, when we win, celebrate this locker room and obviously Colton uh Colton uh, brings a lot of energy you know if you know Colton he's all the time got energy he's always got stuff going on and and he's a big reason why recruiting is going well because of the energy he brings but um you know with those guys they come up with some fun things to do and I let them enjoy it you know how hard wins are and so I tell everybody we're going to celebrate every little thing we can do because they're hard to come by and and, uh, and our guys love it and, and we're looking hopefully we get to do it we get to do a bunch more this year no doubt about it, Coach. You are the only undefeated in the great state of South Carolina. That sounds just as good as 15 ranked in the country. The coach of Carolina, Shauna Clears. Of course, uh, we appreciate you, Coach Chadwell. Thanks a lot. I'm proud of you, man. I remember your days down the street from the studio over there at Charleston Southern, and you just keep, I guess, uh, without a doubt, man, representing us in five-star fashion. We can't be more proud of you, man, and uh, we just want to say thank you again for joining us on the show tonight. Well, I appreciate you letting me uh, come on. It does mean a lot. I know you care about uh, football in the state of South Carolina and, and uh, anything we can do to help y'all let us know. You sure will, Coach. Talk to you soon. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys. There you go. Look at there. Tonight is the night. It is, without doubt, Coach Jamie Cadwell, Coast of Carolina, 15th ranked in the country, 7-0. and Oh, are they ready to go? And they now will hit a very impressive part of their schedule. As I mentioned, Coastal Carolina, Saturday Sunbelt Eastern Division matchup between the nationally ranked 15th ring, Coastal Carolina, Shauna Clear, 7-0 and overall, 5-0 and in the fun belt. And the boys of Troy, the Trojans, 4-3. and It has been moved to ESPN2. Kickoff will be noon 
Man, it is Eugene like a, uh, a wild, wild west right there on um, ESPN2 coming up on Saturday. Yeah, you know, I've actually <laughs> – I didn't want to chime in and tell them this, but uh, I've actually watched every Coastal game this year, um, at least uh, most of them, most the entire game. Uh, a lot of them, I'd say at least two to three quarters uh, early on, depending on uh, what else was going on. One of them, we, I was actually at a game. Uh, that we were playing in, but um, it's been fun to watch, man. And I tell you, uh, the offense, it, it gets a little bit of love because they've been putting up some good points, man, that defense and the offensive line. I know, you know, he calls them, you know, the mighty mics and that's what gets them going. It's so fun for me to watch their defense. I just, when they get that third right. quarter, it just seems like they smell blood in the water, like turn in the sharks and just, it turns into a frenzy. They got a guy that Colton has been putting out some information. I know I've seen it for the, uh, for the NFL scouts, you know, and here he is. You know, this guy, they've played eight games. He averages a sack or, or a sack plus per game. He has uh, about ten tackles for loss. I mean, you know, and they're just – they're so fun to watch. They just feed off each other. It's almost – you know, they're a Division One program, but when they just – they you can just sense it and feel it. And when they start playing like that, it's almost like they are our boys back in high school, you know, uh, whipping their rivalry, and it doesn't matter who they're playing on the field. They just kind of get those juices going, and it's real fun to watch. It is a lot of fun to watch. And I want to thank all of those at Coastal Carolina, the athletic department, uh, for allowing that to happen tonight. You know, again, Jamie Chadwell is a guy who has spent a lot of time doing a lot of great things around our great state of South Carolina, and for him – to continue to do great things now in my backyard up there on the Grand Strand, it, it just means more, right? That's the old saying. It just means more. And uh, for me, it's an exciting opportunity to talk to Coach Chadwell again, uh, to know him and his family when they were here, to see what they do up there. Uh, and, again, I understand, you know, everybody says, hey, it's easy. How hard is it to recruit a kid to Myrtle Beach? It ain't hard to get you there. It's hard to keep you there, right? Because if you don't have the grades – you're not playing football. You can go work at Myers Ice Cream right across the street from uh, Ocean Lakes. I'm sure my buddy Bruce would love to hire you, but you're not going to be running any. Uh, you're not going to be running any footballs. You'll be running the ice cream line from the outside to the inside because that beach, as much as it is a huge opportunity of uh, bringing you in, it also could take you out. I saw that at the high school level on many times where our guys, as the weather would warm up, so would the. Uh, opportunity to be curious on how much is happening at the beach. And don't forget, as the weather gets warmer, here come those little planes across up and down the boulevard, as you guys would know about that, on the beach. Well, that means uh, people are out there. They ain't flying for nobody. They've got a lot of opportunity there. But uh, Coach Chadwell's done a great job. The Shauna Clears are rolling. Again, it started a few years ago with the baseball team and Coach Gilmore introducing the Shauna Clear to all of us or all of you, I knew, Eugene knew, and a few others knew what a Shauna Clear was. But now, now you're seeing the reintroduction of that, well, amazing opportunities that they're taking every advantage of. And the Shauna Clear is sitting right now 15th in the country. They're 7-0. and They will be at Troy this coming Saturday, kickoff 12 o'clock ESPN2. You want to make sure that you check it out. Then, of course, the other game we didn't get much into, because I don't like to do that, Eugene. I don't like to talk about – the games that are coming up past the big game that's going to be this Saturday. But they do have a big one against that. They got Texas State. And, oh, look at there. Here's a coach we've had on here before. Yep, 
We probably, maybe, just might have him in next week, by the way, and that's Hugh Freeze and the boys of Liberty. Ranked 22 in the country. Could you imagine? You and I have already talked about this off the air. But college game day, literally, on the Grand Strand, they might, they might as well get there on Monday to make a whole week out of it, bring in Paul Feinbaum and everybody else from the crew that does what they do, the Bear and everybody, and make a whole week. Because if by that chance that these two teams are still undefeated, that to me is without a shadow of a doubt worthy of college game day for the final game of the regular season, Eugene. Yeah, we're definitely pushing it. And if anybody saw college game day last uh, last weekend, the Bear uh, was wearing a coastal hat there. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we can get him some, some stuff. And ESPN in the Grand Strand is not a new concept. As a matter of fact, for many, many years, Mike and Mike, as well as the full production ESPN crew, used to run the Monday after the Masters there at Myrtle Beach. Uh, yep. So, you know, it's not a new thing for, for uh, ESPN to find a good spot there to set up. Um, but, you know, there, there's plenty of uh, nice green areas and beautiful areas of the campus for them to do that. Uh, you know, the stadium with its uh, limited capacity as it will be. But I tell you, you know, it, there's going to be a struggle for some of those press passes. I know press is going to be limited. So, you know, hopefully maybe we know a guy that might uh, help us out and get two passes. We'll see. But um, definitely something looking forward to. And, uh, you know, every week that's kind of what we're praying for is both these two teams stay undefeated. And let's see what happens on 12-5. No doubt about that. We do have to hit a break. And guess what, Eugene? I sent you the message on the other side of the glass because at 730, we got a special guest. And this is what we do. Ladies and gentlemen, I set up the format. I bring you the menu. But sometimes the chef decides to throw a special. Tonight's special is going to be looking a little bit like a kid from Sumter High School, class of 21. That's right, 5A football. Going to be talking here in about two to three minutes with the man who got an opportunity today, and I'm going to let him tell us what he got today. And that is the running back from Sumter, the Gamecocks, who, by the way, Friday night will host that of Berkeley and the Stags, but Nathan Harris Wainick will be joining us right out of this break. So you don't want to go anywhere. It's only going to get better tonight as we're going to have a couple of big-time backs. One right here from Sumter, well, down the road from Sumter, and one right around the corner from him is in Camden. So look at that, Eugene. We're bringing it in here with a, uh, a little eye formation with a big back, a power back, and all you can do is just sit back and enjoy the rest of this show because we are going to break when we come back we're going to check in with that big running back up there who got some big news and an opportunity oh boy he's coming to us eugene we'll let him break the news we'll be right back you're listening to southern sports central quick shout out one more time to that coach over there at of course uh, the shauna clears coach jamie chadwell ranked 15th in the country seven and zero overall four and all in the conference we appreciate the time, the energy, and the opportunity to speak to our 15th ring coach and the only undefeated coach in the state of South Carolina. We'll be right back, guys.
Welcome back, everybody. A short one there. We are now about 731 here on a beautiful, and it is a beautiful Wednesday night because we're talking football, and we're going to do it right now. The bus has left the Grand Strand. It's made its way up 378 to the back door of Sumter High School with a fighting Gamecocks very on the big-time man himself coming in here as the running back, y'all. That is Mr. Nathan Harris. Wayne, what's going on, Big Mason? How's it going, buddy? Let's see if we got him in here, Eugene. I may need you to cross hairs nope. here just a little bit. Nathan, you, oh, there you go. How's it going, Nathan? Yes, sir, I'm here. It's all right. It's all right. I'll say. All right. Yeah, man, it looks uh, like life is going good here on a beautiful day, man. I mean, we're two days away from – Talking playoffs Friday the 13th, Friday, but it was that wild Wednesday. <laughs> We're talking this yeah. Big news coming out of Sumter, connecting you to Charleston. My man, tell me, what happened in your life today that made your day a little bit better than yesterday? A student uh, coach reached out to me and told me I got to prefer walk on. And he said the head coach like my former stuff. It was pretty cool. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool, man. To get an opportunity to play college football, something that you know and I know that you've dreamed about since your days of running the rows on 378, hanging around, watching the Gamecocks play football as a little fella in high school. Mm -hmm. I'm sure now you are that big fella, watching the other little fellas watch you walk off the field. I got a chance, by the way, you don't know this, or maybe you do, I got a chance to see you uh, scrimmage the Ford Rochester Patriots in the uh, preseason. You know that, right? You saw me win in the preseason when you scrimmage. In preseason, yep, yep, yep. You guys invited the fort, right? The fort came over, and yes, they, they talked a few bucks. Yeah. You guys had a little bit of little conversation. We did a little bit of opportunity one-on-one. Your quarterback, by the Ooh, way, has cool. been on this show. Your big defensive lineman has been in here. But uh, yeah, it's an honor to get you in here. And I watched you. You did, sir? Sir. No, go ahead. What were you saying? No, you said, Joe, you said, you said one of my big defensive linemen has been on here. Yes, sir. A young man that uh, it looks like he's got a pretty bright future as well, if I'm not mistaken, uh, heading down to uh, a place down south, right? He's a junior? Yeah. Junior. Yeah, Mr. Boone. Yeah. Yeah, Boone. But uh, well, he's him and your quarterback, by the way. Sir? Yeah, now, I got, I've had him and your quarterback, by the way. Yes, sir, yeah. Hayden and um, Justice. Yes, now, I got to be honest yeah, with you, man. I watched you run the ball in that scrimmage. And, again, it was a scrimmage. I get it. It was the first time we were kind of knocking some cobwebs off and getting the helmets back up in order. But just watching the way you hit the uh, – you would hit your gaps there, the way that you would uh, really run your routes, whether you were becoming the runner or the blocker, mm-hmm. you know, I saw a lot of optimism in, in you. And I knew without a doubt you guys, watching you guys in that preseason game. And I grew up, as you may or may not – have heard when we talked to Coach Chad. Well, I grew up in Myrtle Beach, so I'm very familiar with Sumter and the Gamecocks and the, the talent you, you guys see. put out year after year, man. It's nothing new that you guys got some dogs hunting, looking for those college scholarships and opportunities, man. But I knew it was only time before somebody got a steal and a deal when they brought you in on that campus. And I think that's a good spot for you, young man. I think you're going to do some big things there in the Southern Conference. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah. So what was it like, man? I mean, let's let's kind of mm-hmm. let's, let's draw the picture before we talk about your season because we are going to talk some playoffs with you. You ain't getting out of here without us talking about these uh, these game talks or something. But uh, that being said, man, 
your whole life you dream about this this, this opportunity, right? You dream about this chance, and, and, and you hear about it, of course, from others as you grow up, man. But where were you? How did it feel? And, and what went through your mind when, when, when you got the news from the Citadel that they were going to give you an opportunity to do something great next year in your next chapter? Yeah, I was at um, in a, <clears throat> I was at uh, my friend's house too, with my girlfriend, and uh, he called me and we were talking and <clears throat> like while we it was funny while we were talking I was like I was excited I was jumping around I made I was dancing a little bit but uh me and my friend we was excited and stuff and like I went to practice and like I went to practice told the coaches and stuff and like I me mean, I was just trying to like make it seem like nothing really happened because we still playing without playoffs and we're trying to go trying to go far this year. But yeah, it was, it hey, was, you guys it, got it, a pretty big game coming up this week. No doubt about it. But before yes, we talk that one, 6-0 in the regular season, you started off, you beat my alumni, brother. I'm not going to hold that against you. You beat my Braves. That's all right. They gave you a battle, 24-7. But we look at that yeah, schedule yeah. throughout, man. Y'all did what you needed to do, beating a good Rock Hill team. You beat Carolina Force in overtime. That was uh, one of your biggest battles, I believe, of the year. That went what we thought it would be, right? You guys know Carolina Force pretty well. But then you went in yes, and handled business, handling St. James. You beat Conway. That's always a big win between Sumter and Conway. You and I know that as well. And then, of course, yes, it was Crestwood that got introduced to the Gamecocks. What has it been this season that, that makes us – or tell me, what is it about this team that makes y'all different than the team from last year, buddy? Um. I mean, it's not really much different. It's just <clears throat> this year, I just feel like I feel like the boys we getting locked down, and I feel like like last year it was it was good running ball, and this year it's good. But I just hope we if we keep doing what we're doing now, practice hard. I, we go we go places. Now, yeah, of course, you got a big time hand. quarterback that stands. Stands back there with you as well. And I think this kid, he's another guy that if somebody somewhere is going to get a steal. And that kid is legit good. He's a lefty like myself. And he can throw it, he can zing it, and he can bring it any Friday night on any football field. And I watched him camp this year with uh, a couple of different places. But I also got a chance to watch, like I mentioned, with you guys in the scrimmage. How much to you two guys, being the seniors on this team, have you been able to really kind of take this team on your shoulders? Again, Going undefeated, whether you play six games or 12 games, my man, it's a big deal. And to go undefeated and win the region all in one, it just makes it better. But tell me about that leadership between you and your quarterback that you guys uh, demand out of the rest of this team. Yeah, I mean, I mean it means a lot just because last year, you, I'll say my boy Marcus, he's he, he a big leader too. He's a receiver. He's a big leader. I'll say him and, Hay, him and Hayden, I don't know. I feel like the chemistry is from us. The chemistry we had since we were here last year, and I just I just feel like senior year, big it's a big year for us and everything. Oh, like I know, there's something about that logo on the side of that helmet and that logo at the yes, center of the field on the fifty. Yes, sir. It it, it it means something, right? It means a little that little extra there, man. Everything. You remember the first time you put that helmet on? What was it like? How, first of all, tell me how many years have you been playing varsity football? Varsity, I've been playing varsity all night day. All since my grade, all my high school year. So you're a four-year letterman. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. This kid's a stud. He is the running back, y'all, over there at Sumter High School in the Gamecocks, man. Uh, 
<laughs> you remember the first time you put that, that helmet on, that put that jersey on? It probably doesn't fit as tight as it did now because I'm sure the, the waiver has been pretty oh, good to you. And, again, I watched you I'm run in the scrimmage. But I, tell me about this training program, man. How have you stayed in shape during all this wacky COVID stuff throughout the summer and into the season, buddy? Um, then, like, during the COVID, I was I was going to um, Columbia my wish out by Paul um Paul Beckwith. I was out there with him working at Apex performance. I was working out there just about I'd say four or five I'd say three to four days a week going up there and then still running at, at the house. But it's been I've been grinding this year I was I've been grinding. Yeah, I watched a lot of your film there, of course, that uh, Mr. Hayden Vasquez, mm-hmm. your quarterback, the lefty southpaw kid that's been putting it out there, man. And I watched the way that you run the ball. And I, I'm going to give you some love here, Nathan, because uh, you look to the left, you turn your hips to the right, and it looks like you're going left, but all of a sudden somebody hit that X no at the same time, and you go to the other side of the field, man. How do you continue to do that week after week to keep guys thinking you're going left side, but all of a sudden somebody opens a seam and you find it and run between two amazing, uh, I would say, offensive linemen? Yes, sir. I gotta give it. I gotta give it to my offensive line. They, they, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be, be like to be able to do it all the things I do without them. And all my boys have blocked, but I don't know. I just try and see the whole. And get there. Now, of course, a lot of people know Mr. Boone. There's another guy on the defensive side, and I love it when you guys give love to your teammates, man. And I know you're a team player here, man. And so tell yes, me sir. the other gentleman, by the way, that you don't hear about as much as Boone, but I tell you what, I watched him. My he does dude. an incredible job on the other side of that defensive line. Who? Which one? Monitor DJ? DJ? DJ O. But young boy, he's a DJ. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. When you when you guys are going against each other, because I can see it now, because I know the history, a lot of stuff over there, and you guys growing big, man. Y'all, I'm gonna tell you what, and I'll say this: I spent a little, I spent one year in soccer, TV and the radio voice for the Braves, and the pregame meal in y'all's press box is incredible. By the way, it may be no offense to anybody. I'll spend time in your press box, but. Man, it's like going back home to Mama's house, man. I mean, it's soul food in the, in the big house, man. We're eating good. I mean, I was exhausted yeah. after I got done eating. And then I think that's y'all's game plan, so that we don't do a good broadcast. But it was okay. We appreciated the uh, the, the food that you guys have put up there because it was, uh, yeah. as advertised, just as good as the football. Always. What is the one yeah. thing that separates Sumter football to everybody else in the great state, Nathan, when you guys look at the uh, the game across the board and, and all that you guys have done this year as you guys are looking at hopefully 7-0, and you'll be welcoming a very good team out of Berkeley and the Stags. You see? Uh, I would say, um, I would say we, we not will give up. I mean, they might. We just gonna keep going to the last whistle. To the last whistle. When that clock hits zero zero in the fourth quarter, we we ain't gonna stop. We gonna keep coming. We just, we yeah, I tell you what, brother. You guys, 
Y'all keep doing it big here, Nathan, and I want to tell you very much, it it means a lot for you to just chime in. I know I kind of got at you. I saw that the opportunity was there. They're giving you the third walk-on next year to the Citadel, brother. Let me tell you something, man. I love the fact that you're going to play football, but I really love the fact that you're about to get an education over there at the Citadel, my man. If you get, when you get, I'm going to speak this into existence for you and everybody at home, when you get that ring, Man, that right there is like a guarantee dotted on the side, the line, man. So when you go to an interview and you just put your hand down or you shake somebody's hand, they'll notice that big sit of the ring, man, and it's a guarantee of an opportunity, of a bright future. And uh, it's all going to, of course, uh, give you that extra step in the next level of your life after college. I can't wait to uh, watch what you do on and off the field. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, buddy. Congratulations. Do me a favor. You and I will talk off the air here shortly. I'll send you a message after nine. But what I'd like to do is have you call in next week, and let's talk a little bit more about the game from Friday. We wish you the best of luck. Tell everybody there from Vasquez to Boone and everybody over there the best of luck this Friday night. Congratulations on winning the region. Congratulations on going undefeated, right? And congratulations on God blessing you with an opportunity to do what you love at the next level, my man. Yes, sir. Thank you. God bless you. Have a good night. Always a- All right, ladies and gentlemen, look at that. I love the fact that, Eugene, that we get these young bulls in here. And he's not a young bull, by the way. He was a four-year, four years lettered over there at Sumter High School. And, Eugene, I got to tell you, I know a lot about the Gamecocks. And for this young man to play football on the varsity level for four years, it tells you exactly what the Citadel Bulldogs are going to be getting out of this class and out of this school because he will be disciplined on and off the field. You know, his grades are extremely big. And matter of fact, let me let me get back. I think you still have him with us here. Uh, you still with us, big guy? Yes, sir. All right, Nathan, real quick, and that's my fault, man. I just got so excited on your offer. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. And we, we do this all the time with our guys. You being a guy of the class of 21, education is a must. What – education are you looking to excel in once you get into college? Have you picked a major yet? Have you picked a direction that you're looking to uh, take it to the next level in? Yes, sir. Um, I'm probably going to – I'm trying to decide now between sports um, sports psychology and exercise science. Exercise science, man. I love it, man. I think those are two great things that are going to be something that, quite frankly, man, is going to make you a very – comfortable young man or grown man as you get out of college, man. But again, thanks for hanging out. I, I tell you what, man, we always try to get you in here and talk about your grades because I always tell everybody, man, football's got an expiration. But when you get, and I'm speaking into existence, when you get that college degree, you're hanging up on your wall. And it's like if you're a Notre Dame fan, and I don't know how many Notre Dame fans are out there after this weekend, but, you know, hit that sign, I put that over my door. And every time I walk out of my door, I hit that that degree to remind me I did that. So you go out there. Good luck Friday night. We'll talk to you over the weekend and, of course, next week, my man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. Eugene, I love getting these young guys in here. When I saw that Nathan Harris went got an opportunity to get a, a, a chance to pursue that dream, and you know it's a dream. The kid wants to play college football. He wants to go get that education. He wants to do something to give himself that opportunity after his days in high school. And like I told him, man, it's a guaranteed job when you get that ring on your finger from the Citadel. They're, uh, again, uh, they know what you went through to get what you got. And trust them and believe me, those are the type of, uh, those are the type of guys and girls 
that uh, the local businesses and nationally and worldwide that are higher before they look at a few others around the corner. He's such a quiet young man. Sometimes it's hard when you interview these guys just because, you know, they're really reserved. They kind of go out and they play their game. They keep their head down. They do their work, you know. But uh, on the flip side of it, you know, sometimes the quiet guys are just – they're really mature. You know, they they observe and take things in. They don't like to be the loud center of attention. They just want to go do their job, man. I think – you know, and honestly, at the Citadel, I think he's going to fit in great, you know, with that type of mentality, that type of character. Uh, you know, he likes to study. Uh, he, he has good grades from what I've hear, heard. And, you know, I think I think it's a great choice for him. I'm not sure you know, that that's his final choice. Uh, it sounds like he's pretty excited about it. He's already looked at some majors they offer and found a couple that he likes. So, you know, hats off to him. And I'm glad the Citadel, you know, took a guy in state. Um, you know, it's a guy that's not too far from home, but it does give him an opportunity to not, you know, stay in mama's house, so to speak. And, uh, you know, he'll do well. They, you know, we always tell people, you get a degree from the Citadel, you know, it's one of those life-changing things. You're always going to have a job. You always have an opportunity, especially if you choose to stay in the state of South Carolina, because everybody knows, you know, what type of guy you are, what type of man you are, uh, and, you know, can appreciate uh, the sacrifice and commitment for you to go through that type of program, especially being an athlete. Yeah, no doubt. And I do want to make sure that we mention this because today was a very big day for many of those athletes across the state of South Carolina and across the country. If you sign today a letter of intent to go to college to play sports, from us to all of you out there, we say congratulations. I've had the pleasure of watching so many of those uh, so many schools. One of the schools that I did a lot with prior to this year was Somerville High School. And I see these young individuals come in this school as a scared, almost very intimidating young man or young woman, and all of a sudden with athletics and, and, and a lot of that teaching throughout each year after year, you watch them become grown men and grown women making the world's largest decision in their young life that they'll make. And today, thanks to social media and thanks to a lot of those photographers across the state of South Carolina and across the country, because we do, by the way, have a lot of other states who support Southern Sports Central and allow us to speak to their athletes, they all inboxed us on um, all of that's happening around. And, again, for me to see a lot of these men and women, because girls, you know, you work just as hard. Heck, some of you work harder than the guys, to be honest with you. But you got that opportunity today to check in or to check out, if you will. Depends how you look at it. And sign on that dotted line and get ready for the next chapter in life. And for a lot of the baseball players, softball players, tennis, wrestling, you name it, they signed today. And, you know, it was a big decision for mom and dad and grandma and neighbors and, you know, of course, for yourselves. But all that hard work and, and, and between it all, right, I mean, we, we understand that you guys last year, your seasons, a lot of the softball and spring sports and baseball were cut short, right? It was cut short, but you still find a way to get recognized. You still found a way to get better. You still found a way to sign today on that line. And I just want to say on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central and all of us at the South Carolina High School Blitz, we just want to say congratulations to all of you that, of course, got that opportunity today. And if you didn't sign today, don't worry. Hold down. Just keep grinding, keep working, keep doing it, because there is a good chance that you may have to walk off somewhere. And guess what? Just like anything else in life, You'll earn it just like they earned it, but you may have to go a different route. Maybe God's got a different plan for you. But trust and believe me, if you walk on and get it, like a good buddy of mine at uh, Gardner-Webb, DJ Hancock, he got an opportunity, and he made the most of it. And now he's a scholarship 
football player in the next level at Division One football, to me, that's huge. I don't care how you get there. You just got to get there. You just got to get that chance. And just like this young man we just got on, he'll be the next great story, Eugene, that we get a chance to talk to him about all that's happening and all the funds and ins and outs. And, again, you know, like you mentioned, very humble, quiet, reserved, very mature, and had that opportunity. Now, you did get excited when I mentioned playoff. You heard that real quick. But, again, focused, regrouped, said, okay, we just got to go to work. We know we're going to see Berkeley in round one. I didn't even get into round two. Like like I said earlier with Coach Chadwell, I don't want to talk about the next game because you got to beat this first game to even make it to round two, Eugene. Yeah, it's always fun to see these guys kind of perk up that little bit, you know. That you know, for us, it's so exciting. Um, you know, this time of year, it's playoffs. We get a bunch of games to cover, but you know, these guys—they only care about one team and one game. Their team, their game. You know, for a guy like him that's a senior, this is his last chance at the state title. Now, Sumter's had some really great football teams over the past. Well, shoot, since he's been uh, uh, playing on varsity the last four years. They've had some great teams that, you know, uh, ball bounce here or there. They could have been in that state championship game. Now, they haven't made it. We know who's been there. It's been, for the past few years, it's been battles with uh, Dutch Fork and, and mostly Fort D. There was one other team representing the lower state one year. And, you know, but other than that, you know, they've always probably felt like they were right on the cusp. So, to him, you know, this is his last go around. I'm sure he's excited. He's probably just as excited about Friday night as he was, you know, his freshman year and getting that first time of toting the rock and, you know, a hats off to him, and, and you know, we just wish him the the best of luck and best of health. Uh, he has a, a team against, you know, playing against the Low Country, and so um, you know, there, there's definitely some ties there, and I'm sure he probably wants to show out now that he's got that uh, offer from the Citadel, and let the Citadel coaches know that they made the right choice by, uh, you know, giving him the love and attention and that opportunity to come and, and play football for their program. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, an opportunity that it, well, he'll take the best advantage out of it. You, again, you know his, his pedigree when it comes down to, if you're familiar with certain schools that come to mind. And, of course, you know, you think of Fort Dorchester. You, you think of Dillon High School. You think of Sumter and the Fighting Gamecocks and Gaffney and Irmo in the past have, have always been those big names. Of course, you can't go without mentioning, you know, that team that we used to call Dorman University. You know, before there was the Wando, there was all that Dorman school over there that did big things, Somerville, you know, the green wave and what Coach John McKissick has built over there with those guys. And now you're starting to see some new ideas and some new names that have come up, and you'll start to see the Ridgeviews. Watch out. See what those guys are going to do in uh, round one. See if Carolina Force, and we didn't mention Goose Creek, but the Gators and Chuck Reedy have done great things. Well, they got another coach now who he's doing some big things. Let's see what that game looks like. Is it the rematch? from last year. We'll see how that works out. And, yeah, I didn't say Dutch Fork for a reason because until you beat them, you got to recognize them as the champion. They continue to do big things, and we'll see what they got. And they will see a team that they're very familiar with, by the way. Somerville, uh, I think last year was the first time that Somerville didn't see them in about four or five years. It's been a minute that uh, they've seen them week after or year after year. And, uh, again, when you start to kind of pull all of that in perspective, this is what we love about Friday Night Lights. Now, coming up, Eugene, I'm going to let you do some conversation with this young man coming up as well as I'll have a chance to interview him because you, uh, of course, brought the young man to us here. We're going to be excited about the guest coming up here uh, out of uh, Camden, South Carolina. Big running back. Had a big day, by the way, 
a week ago almost against a 5A program. Remember, Camden's 3A. And to a lot of people that say that 3A can't beat 5A, don't tell the secret to Mr. Willis because this cat is a man-child. In 2020, he's got 80 carries, 777 yards, 10 touchdowns, and his career, 399 carries, almost 4,000 yards, just shy by just a couple of hundred yards, and 42 touchdowns. He, my friend, is an electric type of athlete in the backfield over Camden. And I got to say this, keep your eyes on that team when it comes down to one of the teams that could be the team to represent and hold up a trophy at the end of this championship of four weeks in a row of competition, Eugene. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to having him in. Willis is a young man. He's, he's so respectful. You know, I talked to him. He's like, you know, he puts up all these big numbers and, and, you know, he can get really pumped up sometimes on the sidelines. He had a big night against the 5A team. You know, when you get to meet some of these young men, when, it's, you know, you're discussing business and life and whatnot, you know, they, he, he's a very humble guy. He, he's not quiet or shy. He, he said, you know, he admitted to draw. It's my first time on the radio. And I said, well, you know, everybody has a first time. First time you carried a ball, you know, you, everybody's got to get those butterflies out. But, you know, he's excited. We talked about it. Uh, we talked about his success on the field and, and some of the things that he's trying to do uh, to make sure he's a, he's able to play ball at the next level. He told me he's working hard in the classroom and, and, and doing a good job there, and he's putting in a little extra effort to make sure, you know, to kind of position himself the best uh, place he can be. He certainly put up some big numbers on the football field, uh, and, and his game uh, ha- has made this statement for himself. So definitely looking forward to getting Big Willis in here and uh, talking about, you know, the season and, and certainly, you know, Friday night he's got a big game in the playoffs with Gilbert. You know, and uh, next round matchup, we'll see where it goes. But um, definitely look forward to getting to him. I actually met him uh, last summer, not this past summer because of COVID, but the year before. Uh, they hosted one of those big man, strong man competitions. And, you know, so he's running behind a big, strong old line. I've seen it for myself. Those guys are horses. They move people. And, you know, he's a talented back that hits the hole and makes advantage or takes advantage of it. So definitely excited to have Big Willis in here at the, after the break. Yeah, it's going to be a good conversation with uh, Willis and his uh, opportunity that's going to be coming available this weekend. As, of course, Camden is a team. Let's just be honest. They're a team that everybody's going to have their eyes on when it comes down to the playoffs. They're a team in 3A football that, while we all hear conversations of another team in Dillon, it is a very good conversation in 3A football with um, Camden, as they'll be saying, Brooklyn Casey. Now, they'll see the winner – they beat Brooklyn Casey. They'll see the winner of the Aner and Oceanside. And then, of course, down in that lower bracket, and that's the game I think a lot of people have already penciled in, Camden and Dillon. Don't count out Joe Call. Don't count out Aner. And I don't know a whole lot about Brooklyn Casey, but they're in this conversation as well. You can't count those guys out as well. Man, I tell you, Eugene, I love to see the excitement of these young men and as they continue to kind of look at all that's happening. And, again, I go back to the young man that just joined us here just uh, moments ago from uh, Sumter, and uh, that is the Gamecocks and Mr. Nathan Harris Wainick. He is already getting an opportunity when all of those around him says he can't. He's like, here you go, hold my Gatorade. Let me show you why I can. And that's why this young man got that opportunity today to walk on, preferred walk on, to one of the most prestige colleges in the great, not only state of South Carolina, but around the country in the Citadel. 
All right, so here we go. We're going to take a break, and we got a guest as the bus has left Sumter High School. We're going to Camden, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. The hour three of Southern Sports Central coming up right out of this. Welcome back, everybody, coming to you live from Southern Sports Central Capital right here in Charleston, South Carolina. We got the bus parked over there in Camden at Camden High School with the man of the hours. We hit you here at hour number three, Willis Lane. He is a man-child, ladies and gentlemen, who has already, already in 2020, carried the rock 80 times, 777 yards later and 10 touchdowns. My man. What's going on, Mr. Willis Lane? How's life over in the big town of Camden? Good. How you doing? We're good, man. It looks like, uh, look, I just had a running back off to Sumter. Here we are now with another running back over in Camden. You guys aren't too far away from each other, but I got to tell you something, man. Looking at the numbers that Coach Eugene sent me over here on you, my friend, man, can you roll that rock. And you did it in fashion up there in the upstate, and you went up and knocked the five. A team in the mouth and brought home some lunch money, huh? Yeah, sir. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about you, my friend. I'm gonna let you kind of give an introduction, man. Uh, how big are you? What's your What's your forty? You know, what's What's your thing in the weight room? Uh, who is that man we call Willis Lane over in Camden? Um, first off, I just want to tell y'all, um, I'm a humble kid. Always been one. Always will be. Um, second off, I'm only on um, five eight and only on um, 185 pounds. Um, in the weight room, I bench 300 and squat four fives. But um, I came oh. from the bottom. I came from the bottom. Um, I really ain't had nothing down here in Camden, South Carolina. And um, in my in my city, it is like you do any you do bad things or you do good things. And I chose the right route to do good things here. So, yes, sir. Um, that's really it. <laughs> Hey, that's a lot, man. And I gave your year as of right now. But let's look at that career. 399. Boy, they couldn't have given you a Brock one more time during the season. Just one more. You got some more time. We'll talk about the playoffs here in just a little bit. 
399 carries, 3,819 yards, and 42. 42. <laughs> I think that's Roddy Lott's football number for those guys who know about Roddy Lott, by the way. He was a uh, San Francisco 49er. But 42 touchdowns? Man, you ain't playing. They know to give you the ball because you get in the end zone. Tell me a little bit about your running style, man. You one of those power guys that leans into or you try to hit the sideline and make it attract me? Um, I mean, like, my style of, like, playing in the game, I mean, I don't really consider myself as any other football player. I consider myself as myself, you know, but I actually look at other, like, running backs like Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Le'Veon Bell, you know, I look into those type of guys, you know, because I like their style. And I try, you know, like kind of play like them, but, you know, play like myself. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there. I think that's a good way to put it because I think there's a lot of athletes, man. And, and it's, look, I'm 42, right? I'm the same age yeah, as many uh, touchdowns as you got, my friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> that being said, you know, we've all done that, right? We've all played sports and we've all tried to imitate somebody. We had that guy that we looked up to. But I'm like you, my friend. I never owned a jersey with some other some other man's name on the back of it. It was just weird to me. And I've never had a poster with somebody <laughs> on my wall. It's just I was trying to be the best me I could be. Like Bo Jackson yeah, was that. my dude growing up. I liked the fact that he was a baseball player, football player. Heck, he was he would have been good at badminton or even cornhole. A cornhole would have been a sport back in those days, right? But I never had a picture of him on my wall. It seems to me that you're that guy. You're that guy that you're just trying to be the best you you can be and be better than you were yesterday, man. Tell me a little bit about that guy, the guy that always is looking to be better today than yesterday. Um, like you say, um, every day I'm trying to compete, not against nobody else. I'm trying to compete against myself each and every day, trying to be the best that I can be in my abilities. Um, every day I wake up, I thank God, you know, for waking me up each and every day because not a lot of people, you know, get a chance, you know, to wake up. And um, like mm-hmm. I say, I just compete in myself and um, try to work out each and every day and just give it my all. And we are right now hanging out in the bright lights and a few stop signs along the way. Camden, South Carolina, with the man with the plan, and he's holding it all the way through Willis Lane. He's got right now, he's sitting on the verge of 4,000 carries. Excuse me, 400 carries. It feels like 4,000, I'm sure, as uh, you've been <laughs> holding that rock there with us for quite a while. But 399 carries, 3,819 yards and 42 touchdowns. Uh, tell me a little bit about your team, brother. Tell me about your season. You know, it was a weird season this year. We're well aware of the, 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 the reasons why you shouldn't. But you, not you, my friend, you look for every reason why you should. And that's why your numbers don't tell any lies here because you continue to do things and get these numbers in and out week after week. But what have you done? What are you continuing to do between summer when you guys were shut down and here we are now heading into round one of the playoffs? Um, at first, when we first got here, when we first started, um, we actually talked to each other, and, you know, we were just asking each other if we were going to have a season or not. And the uh, only thing we were just telling each other, you got to be positive, you know, things are going to go right. You know, as a team, um, me, Jafari, Joseph, we all just come together as a unit and just talk to each other, try to be accountable as leaders, you know, because um, we kind of young. And um, at first, we really wasn't on the same page. Some people was like – they was on the same page, but they wasn't. And now, like, as we getting together as one, like, we still coming together trying to be on the same page. And we getting there still as a team. And um, our offense, you know, 
as far as quarterback, you know, a hog man, you know, whether for them, I wouldn't be doing the stuff I'm doing right now. Um, I got to give them their props, and I'm going to give them their respect as the receivers as well. Um, my defense, um, they just they just outstanding. Like, I ain't got really too much to say about them because, like, our defense, like, they hold a lot of things down, and um, they really tough, and um, I really respect them as well. And like Coach Rempf always tell us, um, fix eight on eight. What we're trying to do, we're on a mission. And our mission is just to get a state championship. And that's what we're trying to do, and that's what we're striving to do. And um, we're going to keep trying our best and keep doing what we have to do and work hard just to get to the and that. Now, of course, you guys continue to do it in big-time fashion here, big man. You're just kind of looking around at, at all that you guys continue to do. As you guys are a bunch of dogs, they're literally you guys are the bulldogs over there at Camden High School. You mentioned a couple of guys, and, and I think I, I love the factor because not many running backs – I'm not going to say that. I'm, I'm going to leave that there. But I will say this. You did. You did this. You gave your wide receivers credit because there's a lot of times where you are all but left out to dry because maybe an offensive line was pushed in or pulled out. But here comes that one slot receiver. Here comes that one wide receiver who lays a block and a half, and it makes every highlight – the wrong way if you're the guy that got blocked, but if he's that receiver, he gets to put it out and about. But he is the reason that you got around that corner. Tell us how big a play that you've seen this year where you've seen one of your wide receivers really take one for you. Um, I've seen a couple of them. Um, when one we played on um, Chris Wood, when I scored on um, Fat Man Anthony Lowes, we call him Fat Man. You know, that's just we call him. <laughs> um, number two, that's uh, – I wouldn't like say the great, our great receiver, but – He's our best receiver, and um, every time, like, if we he don't get the ball or not, he always put in the, the work and the effort regardless of anything. And Joseph Morris as well. Um, it was a play when we went against Marble County. Um, I had, like, three people on me. He came and just lit them up. I was like, yo, like, that was crazy, man. I got, like, 10 more yards. And, you know, I give them their props every time, like, they block and all that because, you know, yeah, they, they doing what they're supposed to do. So, um, it's a – it's a 11-man game. Everybody's supposed to do their job as one and play their part. I love it, man. You're talking about do your job. I just, it remembers the Titans comes to mind the way you said do your job because I can tell you there was a time where, uh, you know, two team members had to have that conversation. How many times do you guys have that? Again, you finished 5-0. and Congratulations, by the way. When you go undefeated, I don't care whether you play five games or 500 games, you go 5-0. and And then you turn around. You turn around, and then all of a sudden now you're looking at uh, 4-0 in the region. So you guys win Region 6, by the way, in 3A football. How big is it for you in your senior year to go undefeated and to win that region? Um, It means a lot. Like last year, um, we, we was on the same page. Like we were just saying, trying to win region, you know, trying to get there. Because Camden, you know, we never really had that, you know, as you know, I was watching as a kid growing up and now as a senior now. And um, I told myself this right. year, yeah, I'm gonna give it all I got. I'm gonna sacrifice it all for the team and put in my blood, sweat, and tears on that field. And that's what I'm doing each and every day. And I'm not gonna stop. So, and I'm just gonna give you kind of a guesstimate here, Eugene, because I'm gonna bring you in here. And this young man, by the way, Willis, you are an incredible interview, my man. You definitely have prepared for tonight. And again, I love the fact that you you're very composed, you're very mature, and you seem like you are, without doubt, a, a team player in all hands. Uh, that being sure. said, offensively, you guys are averaging about 52 points a game, and you're only giving up. And I'm just looking here because it seems like you guys were able to handle business even on the 
defensive side here. And if I'm looking at some of these numbers, right, you're averaging about 14 points a game that you give up. So between scoring 52, giving up 14, Eugene, I'm going to turn it over to you for the rest of this one, friend. But, man, that's a uh, that's a win-win situation from offense to defense, Eugene. Yes, sir. Yeah, no doubt. Willis, and, uh, you know, it, like you said, it takes a team effort, and I really appreciate you guys. Are, are you giving some love to the, to the other positions, you know, the wide receivers, the defensive guys, you know, your quarterback? And it sounded like you referred to the O-line as the hogmen. Is that what you call them? Yes, sir. <laughs> now, um, I was actually up there for uh, – you probably remember, not this summer because of COVID, but last summer you guys hosted one of those uh, – strongman competition and i met some of those dudes man you guys got some uh some horses over there in camden uh i can't remember were, were you there that day for the uh strongman where we're throwing hammers and and playing uh tug of war and and toting uh flipping big boards and, and big pieces of timber were you there that day uh small um i think it was at a 707 because usually when y'all do they do stuff like that we'd be at a 707 can't remember. i tell you what yeah, we, we got this we got to see those big hog men up close and personal. And, you know, it's like uh, for, for a 3A school, you know, and, and I've seen a couple 3A schools that have some big guys. You guys, it seems like maybe you went over to a 5A school and uh, loaded up the horse trailer and brought some back to Camden. But, you know, so what's it like, uh, 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 you know, kind of running behind those dudes? Uh, do you feed them? Do you give them some pizzas? What do you all do on Thursday night to kind of make sure those guys are, are well or Friday before game to make sure those guys are well fed uh, and, and the fuel is in the tank to get you where you need to go? Um, first off, before we even start, before we, we get to school, I coach to you and I go talk to each and every last one of them. And I'll tell them every day, like, I got your back. And they tell me the same thing, I got your back. And then we just talk. And then I make sure they drink and eat because I be like, I'm going to need you tonight. I'm going to need you tonight. I tell each and every last one of them, and I tell everybody on the field, I love you, good game, and have fun, you know. It's a sport that we love to do, and we dedicate to do, so that's what we try to do. And um, like I say, our hog, man, um, yeah, man, like, they get some horses. Like, we be in practice. I used to be seeing them knocking people down. I'd be like, man, I hate to be a defensive player out there, man, because it look nasty out there. Well, everybody's got that one dude, man, that helps them get better. Uh, tell me, who, who's the guy at Camden uh, Monday through Thursday on that defense that helps you get better for Friday night? Joseph Burns. Oh, my God, I give it to him. <laughs> you know, Marcel Kentucky. Yeah, they, they. What did you say? It didn't take you very long to answer that, so I'm taking he must <laughs> be a guy that uh, delays the wood and uh, comes at you and pushes you. Yes, sir. You always do that. Like, we always come to each other, and, you know, we try to be leaders. And um, you always tell them, give me a good look, you know, because, like, we go out there and then we don't give a good look and go out there looking stupid, and ain't nobody fault but ours. So that's what we do every time we got there on the field. We just give it our all and practice it on the field. All right, well, let's talk. We talked about your offensive line, your quarterback, your wide receivers, your defensive guys, and the guy that gives you your best look and pushes you from that side of the field. Uh, let's talk about your running back coach and uh, kind of what's it like, you know, playing for him. Introduce us to the to the guy, you know, and, and tell us, you know, some of the things that he's instilled upon you and helped you to get to this level. Yes, sir. Um, my coach Wingate. Um, I just got to give him all his his props and his respect because when I first came in here, um, we actually didn't really have a good, you know, relationship, you know, because I was always wanting them. At first, I wanted him to be with me. 
at first I wanted to be the type of guy to just, you know, had a spotlight, you know, and you always tell me, like, be patient, your time is coming. And, you know, in life, you know, patient is the key. And um, as I've been there with him as we regroup and build each other as a relationship, um, it's been getting well. And um, to me, he's the best running back coach that I've ever, ever played with, you know. And um, I love to play with him even more. And I hate to go um, that this year is going to be my last time being with him. Um, he's not like a, he's like a father figure to me as well on the field and off the field. Um, he makes sure my grades are good and everything else. And then my other running back player, too, we were embracing it. You know, that's my friend. Uh, that's my duo partner. So, um, yeah, he makes sure that me and him, we do good, you know. We eat and everything else, you know. He always be on us, watch film, everything. He he, he just be on us, especially about blocking. We don't play about that. <laughs> So that's one thing. Now I notice you guys don't don't actually pass the ball a lot. I was just looking through some stats. I mean, you know, when you got a guy like you, why not give him the rock? And you know, like you know, we talked about earlier, you dance in the end zone forty-two times. If my math is correct, I take off the ten you got this year. That's thirty-two touchdowns last year. So you're averaging about three touchdowns a game. Uh, you know, and, and so maybe you not don't pass a whole lot, um, but. You know, when you're going into the week and the coaches tell you, hey, man, but there's a couple things we need you to work on, uh, you know, when you guys do pass, you know, and that quarterback standing back there, you know, just like the O-line protects you, uh, is that something that you've tried to work on, you know, so that, you know, maybe when you get to that next level, collegiate ball, and they pass the ball, you can tell coaches, you know, I can block too. I'm not just a, a give, you know, I'm an all-around guy, so to speak, and I can do my job back there to protect the quarterback. Yes, sir, all the time. You know, when we do pass the ball, I always talk to my, my quarterback, you know, you know, trust me, um, stay in the pocket, you know, I got you, you know. And that's all the time, like, when we be out there and practice and even in games, you know, I always ask coach, you know, sometimes, you know, throw the ball, you know. We got receivers, we got the receivers, and, you know, that's going to catch the ball, you know, and do what they got to do. But um, I feel like we only run the ball a lot, you know, just to make sure, like, the other team, you know, they're always watching me, and then boom. We end up throwing the ball because our quarterback, he can get the job done as well. And he can't just run either. Like, he can do it all. So, um, he's just blessed, you know, and so is the other guys. All of them, they just blessed and got the talent and the ability to do everything. Now, we'll talk about your this Friday's matchup uh, pretty soon. But uh, let's go back to last year. I know you guys had a pretty stout team last year, just like this year. You know, I know a lot of people this year are saying, hey, in 3A, you know, don't look past Camden. I know you probably know that. People think Dylan's got a good shot too, and you know you got Chapman and Rain on the other side of the bracket, and maybe even a Daniel in the upper state. But you know, going back to last year, was there a time you know maybe maybe it was that last game, that playoff game, that maybe you guys felt like you know, hey, we didn't play our best, but uh, we're gonna take that in the next season. And if so, you know, what was the biggest game that kind of taught you guys that lesson and kind of carried it forward that said, you know what, you know, this is our this is my senior season. I'm not gonna leave anything on the field like last year. Um, like you said, the Chapman game, um, I felt like we beat ourselves, you know, and um, I'm going to give Chapman the most respect. Um, there was a, there was a good team, you know, they were just ready and prepared for the, for that time and that place, you know, to be there, to be as champions, you know, and I wish everybody the best of luck, but, um, we sat down as a group and, um, when, when that game happened and the next day we talked to each other and I told them like, we're we coming back, um, Regardless, you just that we just gotta, you know, work even harder and just come back and just play and be prepared for it this time, and not have any regrets on the field like we did last time. And as I tell myself each and every day, um, 
you know, work hard pays off, you know. So, like I tell um, my team, and they tell me as well, you know, we sacrifice our lives and ourselves, you know, in that field. And we really want to give it our all. Now that actually sets up into a good timeline. So you're leaving off of, you know, last season's over. You know, junior season's done. You guys are looking forward. You got one year left. You know, this is last fall. This is before we knew about COVID or any shutdowns or season reschedulings or anything like that. So you're going forward, you know, and, and then March comes along and, and, you know, coaches and players are told, you know, we can't have spring practice. We can't come to the weight room. So what did you do? What did what did Willis do when he had all that time to himself to say, you know, hey, I'm last year I was one of the best, or if not the best running back in the state. You know, I want to be that this year. So what did you do, you know, when everybody said, you know, you can't come to school and you can't lift? What did you do to, to kind of maintain and get better, keep in shape, get stronger, or, you know, not lose any of that good muscle, that kind of stuff? Um, me and my little brother, we um, we kept working with each other. Um, that's what we told each other, you know, we can't never stop what we're doing in the game that we love. Um, we just got to keep going and keep pushing it. And um, like you say, on the off season, like, it was bad, like, just not lifting weights and all that and other stuff. So, like, what I was doing, I was just, you know, going out there each, each and every day, at daytime and night, you know, go run, you know, do something productive, you know, because the season will be approaching soon. And that was the first thing was on my mind, that the season was on the way. So, I had to have I had something to prove, you know. Like, I still, you know, people still, you know, call me the underdog, but that's just motivation. And um, I'm just going to keep proving people wrong, you know. I hear you, brother. I don't know who's calling you underdog. I want to thump them in the head because they don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, coming back as the, you know, a lot of times when you see the number one running back in the state with all these yards and, and touchdowns and stuff like that, you know, it's a senior who's been around for, for all these years and stuff like that. Then you see a guy who's a junior, you know, for all these other teams in the playoffs, you know, they're like, man, why can't this dude just graduate, you know? But um, <laughs> so, so now so now we're going into summer, into the fall. You've had a great season. We talked about your numbers, um, you know, and, and congratulations to you guys, you know, for, for all the success. And, you know, it's because it's never easy to win one game, much less win them all. And that's everybody's dream is to win them all. You know, to win them all, including the last one of the year, the state championship. Um, so, you know, now we'll talk about the playoffs. Uh, you know, when you're looking at a team, because you guys are playing uh, an undefeated team, looks like, or a team that I think they, they might have one loss. I'm not, I have to really look at them. I, I did know that they're kind of like you guys, where they've scored a bunch. Defense has been really good. Uh, you know, so when you're looking at that defense and you're pre- preparing for Friday night, What's something that's gone through your head since you started watching film on Monday that, hey, man, I got to tighten this up. I got to make sure I'm on my on my game because they're very, very good at whatever it is that, you know, that you picked up and said, I got to beat that to be successful. Um, Me and um, Leroy, we sat down. We talked to each other about this because, you know, playoffs, you know, is go home or go hard, you know. And um, what we're going to do, I don't know about Brooklyn Casey, but I know what we're going to do. We're going to give it our all because um, I, I tell my boys and we tell each other, it ain't over yet. It's not over yet until we get to the championship. And um, and like I said, I wish Brooklyn Casey the best because um, they run it back as well. Um, he's a freak. And I just got to give it to him, man. Um, he's really good. And so are the other players we were watching and defenses too. Um, but as I know, like my coach always told me, we don't worry about other opponents. We worry about ourselves. Try to get better, you know, 
the mistakes, you know, and even the good even the good things we do, we still, you know, we we're not satisfied with what we're doing. So we're just trying to get better each and every day. And that's what we're gonna keep doing. As I say, we watch them. Um, they're a pretty good team, you know. They not they won games for a reason and um they here for a reason. So we just can't, you know, let off and you know we can't I like they not a good team and we know they're a good team because you know there ain't no bus messing them up. But we can't have that. I got you. Well, let's uh, let's look a little bit to the future. I know you and I talked a little bit about some stuff with that. Um, you know, has anybody reached out to you? Are you getting any love kind of in the DMs and stuff? Or has anybody, you know, talked to you about playing at the next level? Oh, yes, sir. I actually had a good couple uh, schools talk to me. Okay. Well, is that something you're willing to share? Is it something you want to keep to the best for now and see how things play out the rest of the season? Um, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm wait on that. I'm gonna let y'all know. Soon. Okay, no problem, man. I told you, you know, okay. we don't want to do that. We don't want to mess up nothing you got going on. Uh, we understand yeah. how how that goes. But uh, I tell you what, let let's do this. We don't have to name any schools. Uh, tell us something that you're looking for uh, in a school at the next level. Maybe there's something you want to study. Maybe there you want to get out of state. Maybe you want to stay in state. You know, whatever it may be. Uh, so so we'll leave it open. Like I said. I'm not asking you to name names. You don't have to name any schools. We don't want any names. We just want to know Willis and what Willis is looking forward to, you know, the next four years of his life to help him become a better man, better player, and maybe even get on to the next, next level. Yes, sir. Um, I want to take myself, you know, out of here, like out of South Carolina because um, my mom and my dad, they always tell me, like, get out of here, you know. There's nothing here, you know. I mean, it's stuff here, but I've been here for so long, you know, I just – just don't want to be here no more. I just want to do something in my life, you know. Like, as I got a little brother, you know, I got to set a good example for him. So, as I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to be an engineer and um, do something with myself for that, for a welding, and, um, you know, go go somewhere with that, you know, take my talent and stuff with that. And like I said, my mom always told me, you know, football ain't guaranteed. So, if it's not guaranteed, you know, that's my backup plan. Uh, that's the thing I want to do in life, you know, and be successful in that, you know compete myself in doing stuff. Well, I hear you talking about uh, a young man. It sounds like uh, your little brother is a very uh, valuable part of your life, somebody that, you know, pushes you and somebody you work with. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your brother. What's his name? Does he play football? Tell us how old he is. And, you know, just introduce us to the young man as well. Um, My little brother, his name is Cortez Lane. Um, He's 15. Um, He's in the ninth grade. And, um, Y'all might see him in the playoffs um, with us soon. So, um, yeah, he's a talented athlete, and I always tell him that he's going to be better than me. So, like I say, like, y'all got to – y'all say I'm good. Y'all better watch out for him because he's coming, and I'm going to push him to that level just to get better. And I only be better, just be better than me and help us, you know, the family, you know, get to that level, you know, put us up top. So are you one of those big brothers that kind of keeps your thumb on little brother, man? You're making sure he ain't getting in trouble. You're making sure, you know, what oh, friends yeah. he hangs around <laughs> with, he's doing his school. Or are you kind of that extra father figure for him? Yeah, but you know, sometimes he don't like it, but at the same time, he's just all love to it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I know you guys are going to miss each other when you go off to college, but, you know, he might be yeah. saying, you know, I can breathe when big brother's gone because, Y'all in the same school, you know, it sounds like he might be hopefully moving up to varsity with you. So he's going to see you day in, day out, and locker room. <laughs> so he might, he might be looking for a little break himself. <laughs> I'm telling you, I stay on his head, even the practice and all, I stay on him. 
I tell you, man, well, it's always great to have that positive role model, you know, someone that that can, uh, you know, be hard on you and give you that tough love, but also at the end of the day, you know, love you, love you and got your back no matter what, because oftentimes, you know, friends are fleeting, but you got family for life, man, and, you know, some of the people you hang out with, you might be best friends with in high school, you know, when y'all go your separate ways in college, uh, you might see those dudes again, you may not, but your little brother's going to be there for you, man, and it's such a great thing that y'all have each other you know, to kind of get through tough times. And like you said, at COVID where y'all were running and working out together and, and stuff like that. So uh, I tell you, man, it's been a great interview, Willis. I, I'm glad, you know, I, when I reached out to you, you hit me back. And, I, you know, I got to be honest with you, man. I don't know. I know you're interested in engineering. I know you're interested in welding and doing something with your hands and things like that. You're a physical guy, but you got a voice for this, too. If you ever want to consider doing, uh, you know, broadcasting and sports journalism, man, you got a voice for it. So many dudes come in, and I know you told me, I don't want to embarrass you. I know you were nervous. A lot of dudes are, man. Some guys get on, you know, they loud on the football field. They get on the radio, and you barely get two words. You can barely hear them. You got a great voice for this, man. You got, I know you're a humble dude. You also got some confidence about yourself. You're a very mature young man. I know you battle through some stuff, and look at you, bro. We're all proud of you, man. Every Richie and I, Southern Sports Central, anything we can ever do for you, you know, you know how to find us now. Uh, you got our numbers. You got, you know, how to reach us on social media. It's been a pleasure getting to know you, Willis. I'm certainly rooting for you Friday night. Uh, you know, it, it could be that uh, we see each other on the football field in a couple of weeks, depending on how the playoffs uh, align. But uh, definitely looking forward to following your career uh, after, you know, after this is over, because I think you've got a big future ahead of you, uh, and you're a guy that can take it to the next level. I know you work hard, man. I just want to thank you for your time and let you know that you had nothing to be nervous about, man. You you were a pro tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much. Because I, I was nervous. I ain't going to lie. Like, I was real nervous. I was like, oh, man, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope our pregame uh, you know, questions and prep helped a lot. But, you know, you were able to just take it on that little bit and go with it. Uh, again, I'd lo- we'd love to have you on, you know, when the season's over, we're going to do some uh, postseason awards. And, you know, I-, I got a feeling you might be uh, up in there for a couple of them. But, uh, you know, we definitely look forward. We're definitely going to check in as the playoffs go. Uh, we'll be following you on social media. And, you know, make it to the state title game, man. You know, you're going to have to show yes, us sir. some love and give us one of them interviews for having your first one. You know, yes, sir, no longer you. a rookie. <laughs> no longer. All right, man. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I know you said you had to work on some studies, so you know that's most important, man. You got the football stuff. You got to get them grades uh, to make it that next level. So we're gonna let you roll. We're gonna let you get back to the getting your uh, school stuff done and getting ready for that big game Friday night. Thank you. Y'all have a good night. Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. Want to thank Willis Lane and those at Camden High School who allowed him to come in here tonight to be a part of what we do here on Southern Sport Central. Well, today is a big day, and we didn't forget about you veterans and we want to say thank you to all who have served and coming up in just a minute a good friend of mine and a big contributor to southern sports central a man that served our country and has done it in fashion is going to join us here right out of this quick minute of a short break and a song to kind of give that respect to all the men and women who have served and are currently serving our uh, united states of america that being said here's a quick break we'll come back and i'm Got a good friend of mine who, again, will join us right out of this, guys.
All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that. A little technical difficulties, but now here we go. Our tribute to those on this beautiful Veterans Day. We're ready tonight. Three claps. Three claps. Three claps. 27 years ago, I sat in this locker room just like you guys on a knee getting ready to play a game. I walked down the locker room. It still smells the same. It takes you back real quick. One of the things that caught me was how fast 27 years goes by. There's so many people that live vicariously through you. I would give anything tonight to jump in one of these uniforms with you guys. And do something I never had an opportunity to do. My father never saw me play. You play for your father tonight. That feeling goes away. It goes away, and it doesn't come every Friday night. It comes when you get married. It comes when your child's born. So you get it. But you just don't get it. I'm just trying to be a father, raise a daughter and a son, be a lover to their mother, everything to everyone, up and down bright and early, small business in my suit. Yeah, I'm dressed up for success, from my head down to my boots. I don't do it for the money, there's bills that I can't pay. I don't do it for the glory, I just do it anyway. Providing for our futures, my responsibility. Yeah, I'm real good on the pressure, being all that I can be. I can't call in sick on Mondays when the weekend's been too strong. I just work straight through the holidays, sometimes all night long. You can bet that I stand ready when the wolf growls at the door. Hey, I'm solid. Hey, I'm steady. Hey, I'm true down to the core. And I will always do my duty, no matter what the price. I've counted up the cost. I know the sacrifice. Lord, I don't want to die for you. But if dying's asking me, I'll bear that cross with honor. Freedom don't come free. I'm an American soldier, an American. Without my brothers and my sisters, I will proudly take a stand. Right. I'm out here on the front line. Sleep in peace tonight. There is a soldier. 
And welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yeldon alongside Eugene Benton here on Southern Sports Central. On this very special day, Veterans Day, we want to again say thank you so much to the men and women who have served our country and to those who are currently serving our country. Right now we have on with us right now an Army vet, young man who has been a big-time contributor, supporter, and shown a lot of love to Southern Sports Central. Uh, he's even made the road trip to Somerville in my days when I was on the radio on ESPN covering those uh, green wave guys to sit in the press box with me to watch the football. And without further ado, I bring in Mr. Williams. Big time, big money, big time. All the way, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, hanging out with us somewhere in the great state of South Carolina. How's it going, sir? And we do want to thank you for your time and your service for our country, my man. Hey, Richard, how you doing, man? Long time. I'm just talking to you, man. Uh, mm, nice to be back on the show. <laughs> man, I tell you what, man, that song gets me every time. But, uh, you know, I, I can't I can't say it enough that you've been a big-time supporter of my dream here on Southern Sports Central. But it's because of men and women like yourself, veterans who have done the things that you've done, and the women and men that are serving today, I had this conversation with somebody earlier today. Because of you guys get to do what you do or you do what you do, I get a chance to sit in the studio, and I don't have to worry about looking over my shoulder if somebody's going to throw something through my window or somebody's going to arrest me for being on a broadcast, right? I mean, somebody still might throw something through a window, but it wouldn't be for that reason. That being said, you know, (laughs) I appreciate you, man. You know, I got a lot of love for you and, and all that you represent, being an Army guy, being a, a guy that is a family-oriented young man. I know our Gamecocks aren't where they need to be, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. <laughs> I'm not going to keep you long, but I, but I wanted to bring it on, you on here just to say on behalf of myself and Eugene and all of us here at Southern Sports Central, Clemson, Tom, and all, thank you for your service, and uh, please echo that to all of your brothers and sisters who served with you and who are currently serving across the world. Yeah, man, I appreciate everything. Uh, it's been a long, it's been a pretty good year. The years that I did, so it was real good. Uh, some of the guys that I met, a lot of great veterans out there that are doing, that are doing a lot of things still for the country and taking care of, like, other Americans as well. Um, also, like, employing, having their own businesses and employing other Americans and looking out for everybody in the country pretty much. So uh, I also appreciate those guys. Those guys helped me, got through, helped me get through a lot of the – times that I was down, also like in Afghanistan and other places like that, and taught me a lot. So I have plenty of great uh, friendships to this day. So, uh, right. I also appreciate those guys, too. So, uh, they got me through a lot as well. And like I said, like you said, great veterans out there, and they uh, have the country in good hands so far and taking care of it. So, I'm part of the ones that they're taking care of now since I'm a veteran. I'm not I'm no longer in. So, right. yeah. Well, today's your day, big man. Yeah. Who would have ever thought that day when you joined it years and years ago? Now, were you one of those young men that came out of high school and thought, this is my direction? Again, you grew up, I think, in the PD area of uh, yeah. of that – was it Florence County in that in that, in that that area, Florence County? Actually, you know? yeah, Williamsburg, Williamsburg County. Williamsburg County uh, grew up there, Kingsley, South Carolina. 
did not. Yeah, I did not think about going. Well, I kind of did, but not really. I got accepted mm-hmm. to an Oakland A&T, and I was like, hey, I'm not going to the military. And then next thing you know, I saw those uh, out-of-state tuition prices. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, let me go ahead and join active duty. And uh, actually, I didn't really want to do it, but honestly, like, it's been the best decision I made because of where 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 it has gotten me today. So I'm no longer in South Carolina, if you don't know. I've been, I've been out of South Carolina for about two years now. Uh, well, right. two years. Uh, I've been in D.C. Uh, here at the Pentagon working up here, so that's been a big move for me. So uh, it's been very interesting so far. So, yeah. Check that out, Eugene. We're coming live from the Pentagon. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought they'd <laughs> let you at the Pentagon? Second of all, because the time would be right. eating you up live right now. <laughs> Man, I love it, dude. We're live from the Pentagon, Eugene. We've gone from coastal Carolina with Coach Chadwell, the two ballers of the state of South Carolina, to the Pentagon with, uh, of course, Army vet <laughs> Mr. Williams. And he joins us all the way from D.C. Man, I got to tell you, let me ask you this, and I'm going to let you get back at it because uh, you got some company. And uh, I just appreciate you checking in tonight because I wanted to save the best for last, and that is to honor you and, and all of those who did and continue to do what you did over there serving our great country here, and uh, be it right here in the States or across the world. But uh, how, how much does sports play a factor in you guys uh, keeping contact with home, you know, if you were deployed out to wherever country it was or whatever, you know, right. mission you were out on, how much did sports play a factor to you guys to stay and kind of connected in, into the world that you were missing back here in the States? Man, it plays a big role, especially. A lot of people don't understand, but when you deploy and you really, like, every day, you work in every single day. You don't have a day off. And uh, sometimes you might get a little bit of downtime and we get to catch up on sports. And when, you, when you're dealing with being overseas all the time, and away from your family and stuff like that. Um, sports will kind of bring your morale back to you. Um, maybe right. show like, I mean, it kind of takes your mind off of the things you're going through. You get to watch sports and enjoy it. And especially, like, the great thing about the Army or what, what the military for what they do is during Super Bowl time, they will uh, allow, they try to do a little bit of downsizing for people working mm-hmm. and will try to bring beer on post for us to enjoy that time to uh, get to enjoy and take our minds off for a little while. And uh, that that I really appreciated. And me being a Gamecock fan, it was great waking up. I had to wake up for like at four four o'clock in the morning just to catch games. So it Ooh. was exciting. It was during the Spurrier area, so Spurrier area era. Yeah. So it was great watching them getting up early and watching them beat down on people. And uh, I think when I first went to basic training, uh, it was a 2010 year when we beat Alabama, and I didn't get to I didn't get to see that game. I was uh, in basic training. And how I found out we won, uh, my drill sergeant was mm-hmm. a uh, Alabama fan. And he was like, he was in, uh, I think it was like the first few weeks of it. And he was like, who was there, uh, a Gamecock fan? And I was like, I raised my hand. I should have known not to raise my hand. But I raised my hand, and he was like, you beat my uh, Alabama Christmas Tide. He was like, do push-ups. And I was on the ground doing push-ups about a good 30 minutes because we beat Alabama. But it was worth it. So, hey. So what pos- what rank did you hold there in, in in the army during your time in, if you don't mind me asking? There, uh, when I ended up getting out, I was an E five sergeant. So um, I was sergeant in, tra- in charge of other uh, soldiers, uh, pretty much teaching them the things I know and teaching them how to uh, be more proficient at the job and teaching them about right. being an adult and uh, pretty much uh, making sure they squared away and uh, you basically training them to become a sergeant where you're at now, so they can lead other soldiers. So uh, that's pretty much where I was at when I ended up transitioning out. Um, but it was a great time. 
and I'm still in contact with every single one of those personnel. And look at you now hanging out in the Pentagon like you're down at five points, man. This is great. Hey, first <laughs> of all, again, congratulations on uh, just all the success you're having in your life. I knew you were in D.C. I didn't know if you were there currently. I didn't know if you were still there. You know, it's uh, it, yeah, we yeah, haven't probably. stayed in contact. That's my fault. I'll do better. We got to get you on the radio with us. Too. We got to be talking football with you. And uh, you remember man, old Travis man, man. used to call in all the time. Travis was another one of those guys. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't yeah. know what role they gave him, but it must have been serious and crazy because he was both all in one when he called into the show. <laughs> but, you know, for guys like you, you know, Sergeant Williams, I appreciate you, man. You know, I got a lot of love for you and just your support of my dreams and, and the things that Clemson Tom and me and some others have done with Miss Darnisha. You were around during that era as well. Um, yeah, you know, we yeah. appreciate the support, man, and, and I'll catch up with you off the air. Uh, as uh, Again, thank you so much for calling in for a few minutes. Thank you for your time in, and thank you for, of course, all that you continue to do as you're now at the Pentagon serving our country, but you're doing it at a different status, young man. But thanks again, Sergeant Williams, for joining us here on your day. Yeah, better man, appreciate today. it. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. God bless you. Take care. Have a good night, buddy. You too, man. I got to get down to Orlando with you and Tom one day. So, yeah. <laughs> Come on downtown. We'd love to see you, my man. Talk to you soon. All right. All right, man. Thanks. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Eugene, I bring you back in. That was a surprise, by the way, to even Eugene, and I do apologize. You know, when you try to do something special and you throw a little music in there, I know, I get it, but you know what? The devil's a liar because I'm going to make it happen. And I'm going to tell you something, E5 Sergeant Williams, that dude is a five-star guy. He's a great, great ambassador for the Army. He's a great ambassador, and I'm not surprised they let him on the Pentagon. Again, I joke with him about it, but the guy is – He's a loyal dude, and I know we got to get quickly to these uh, to these ones. Hopefully, we can do it because I will be on the radio again tomorrow night. By the way, here on Southern Sports Central, we'll talk about that before we get off the air. That being said, I remember that Alabama game. You know, I remember a lot of games, but I also remember a game when the University of Georgia came to the University of South Carolina. It was one of the most emotional games that I was at, and I was on the sideline, and uh, it was when they announced. The uh, the family, they came out, Eugene, to the 50, and the guy stood there on that jumbotron that night, and he said, I'm going to see you guys soon, real soon. And all of a sudden, the place erupted, and it never stopped from that wind. And it was a big wind, by the way, Eugene, as that officer that was on that jumbotron came out through that tunnel, and man, was that electric. And that was one of the first of many that we got to see after that, but University of South Carolina's uh, forum over there did a great job becoming that what it was and that is bringing people home and giving them that homecoming wow five-star introduction to bringing them back to their family Eugene yeah I remember that and I also remember one um, it was the first right before the Georgia game remember when Georgia came in they were so highly ranked and uh Clowney and those guys just destroyed Aaron Murray in that game. It ended up being something like a, what was it, like 35-7 to 7 or 42-7. Oh, yeah. And it started off with that game. It was packed. And uh, they they brought that – they flew in uh, that officer in, in the Army from, from Afghanistan, I believe, into mm-hmm. Columbia Meadows Field. And I'll never forget, Mark Rick said that when he looked up at the Globetron and saw people crying, people screaming, people cheering – he actually, and there's an interview, we'll have to find it somewhere. Mark Rick said that he knew they didn't have a chance that night. And it was just, they were just going to try to do the best they could. <laughs> so it was it was a definitely one of those special nights, and that's what kicked it all off that night. 
Yeah, and I'm getting the messages here from uh, the young man that just joined us, E5 Sergeant Williams, who, of course, served his time as an Army man. And now he's an Army vet here, of course, here on Veterans Day, just kind of remembering some moments here. And, you know, I do, I've always been that guy. I always thank the men and women for their service. You know, it doesn't matter whether it, it, it's when, you know, whether it's raining or, or, or not, whether it's this or it's that, they got to go to work. They don't get a choice. There's not a call out day in the military, right? They sign up and, uh, you know, hopefully they get their 20 in or they get their time in nevertheless, you know, and, and to be honest with you, you know, the stories that they have when they come back home, the memories that they make when they're away and, yeah, it, it's amazing. My my sister was married to a man who was part of the army as well. He was ever out of Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and uh, he went in and, and liberated two countries. Right? I mean, he was a part of a very massive deal. And as cool as it was, you know, these guys and girls they see things that we could never imagine in our nightmares. They could never imagine in in times that they've seen. But yet they also make some positive memories. I'm sure there's some stories where they they maybe play ball with a, a young man or a, a little boy, a little girl over there. And on the other side of the world, right? And I asked all of a sudden, you heard me ask Sergeant Williams, you know, how was sports? How big did it play a part? And you heard him right there. Eugene, he talked about, you know, it kept them connected. You know, let me be honest with you. I don't know if these guys getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning watching the Gamecocks now would be as excited as he was during Spurrier era. But nevertheless, maybe, you know, maybe it's still that final touch of home. And, you know, we did some research here on Southern Sports Central, and we actually have a very large – of listeners that are abroad that are out into different military stations where they listen to us. And uh, it, again, it gives them a sense of home, you know, be it they may go to a high school, you know, this is maybe where they grew up down here in this area, but it does give them a little sense of home, right? A little sense of normalcy, right? I mean, we complain about you're wearing masks. You know, how about the guys that are wearing masks in, in, in foreign countries? Cause they have to, you know, what about conditions that they're in, because that's the only thing that they – that's what they got to do day in and day out. Yet here we are complaining about wearing a mask to go down the road. Well, you can take it off during certain parts. Well, they can't take it off. There are certain things that they go through because of what they go through. You know, Others get to have a better life, but they sacrifice what they deal with every day so that we can get what we get. And again, I know, you know we, we want to try to get in these final two brackets, Eugene, but I wanted to, again – not miss the opportunity to thank the men and the women who have served our country, who have lost their lives serving our country, and those men and women who are currently serving our country. You know, I remember, you know, going off the air, you know, growing up as a young man, you know, they would always show the military men and women who 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 have passed in, in battle, right? I mean, you don't see that any longer, but that was one of the things when you and I were kids, man, you remember that was – one of the final things you saw before they went off the air, because television wasn't always a 24-7, always on and operating. Yeah, I agree, man. And actually, I don't know if you saw my post earlier, I get to give a shout-out Veterans Day to my daddy. My daddy served in the U.S. Navy where he did damage control, which is shipboard firefighting. When he uh, his time with the service was up, he uh, took that same skills he learned in the Navy and applied those at and served the city of North Charleston where he did for 20-something years and retired as one of the battalion fire chiefs for North Charleston. He also served in Biloxi uh, during Hurricane Katrina, and quite often he was called up to a secret base near, uh, we'll just say in Virginia, when they had the State of the Union address in case something major went down in the capital. So he served his country on both fronts and his community as well and other communities, and real proud of my daddy. Ain't no doubt. Thank you. 
to your father and all those fathers who, again, you, that's a whole nother can of worms that, that we don't even touch on. And then missing, you know, there's, there's, they, they miss their, their, their young ones being born for the first time. And sometimes they're gone for two or three years and here they are, they're, they're meeting their, their, their children for the first time. And they've already missed the first words of the first steps, the first haircut. You know, these are the things, the sacrifices. It's a lot bigger than just a game on a football field or a baseball field or a basketball court, right? But I do want to take a moment, and, and, and again, a day like today where there's so much going on that we stop what we're doing and we are showing thanks for those who continue to give for us. I got to tell you, Thanksgiving this year is going to be a special one across the world. And I got to tell you, there's going to have to be a limit on how many things you can say you're thankful for at every table, because you know, at the table that I'm going to be at, I can promise you uh, I'll limit that because there's just so many things that we have got to just be thankful for. You know, I'm thankful for, for Friday night lights. I'm thankful for, for high school football, but I'm also thankful that my kids are healthy. You know, my family's in, in great shape. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for, so many other families that have welcomed me into their families during this season that I've come into with the fort. You know, there's just, again, you know, all these new families that we're, that we're jumping into to their families because we're having their kids on. Like tonight we had two different running backs. We had coach, you know, Jamie Chadwell, who, yeah, he coached at Charleston Southern. Yeah, but he's also now a big time doing big time things over Coastal. You know, I mean, to get a top 15 ranked coach or a 15 program head coach in here tonight, that's, that's something to be thankful for you. So you don't take – anything for granted and i do again give thanks to sergeant williams who has always been you know a brother from another mother here on southern sports central with me and you know clemson tom and mr nish allen jackson you know who was a co-host here with me both of these young individuals and now of course having you know thankful for you eugene you step in a lot of times that i can't you know because i am pulled in many different directions because our mission while it is to broadcast right to broadcast the uh the, the, the news and events, you know, if I tell everybody that this is a ministry for me, well, sometimes that ministering is off the air, and that's where you step up. That's where Miss B steps up, or Brandon Bisco Bing, or even the professor on Sunday nights, or how about Everett Sands? Man, talking about big time. Yeah, Everett brings that big time effect to us, and having that partnership with the South Carolina High School Blitz and EP Training and those guys, and of course, Infinity, and you look at Carolina experience, you know, there's so many things that, you know, we, we focus on what we don't have, but have you stopped and, and, and remembered what you do have? Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, we're not trying to get off beat too much. Again, we will be back live tomorrow night, Eugene. And, and, and again, I don't know if you've got some spare time tomorrow night. Um, I'll either jump in with Miss V or I'll, I'll man the post, whatever's got to be done. But I feel, I feel three solid hours of sports radio in my blood tomorrow night. So I'm going to be a part of whatever shows on this network tomorrow night, right here on Southern sports central. And, uh, you know, it'd be good to do a show with Miss V if she can, she can get in here. I'd love to, to co-host with her. I know you would love to have a part of that as well because we, uh, we got some work to do, and that is two more brackets to be broken down tomorrow night, Eugene. Yeah, I got the brackets in hand. Uh, I think I should be good. I'll have to check my schedule because, you know, the training schedule is being thrown off. we still got some more of these storms is what we're hearing uh, coming through, but Good news is uh, from what our, our folks over, you know, the news that we work with is uh, the storm should be out of here by Friday morning. I know some of the fields and some of the guys playing on the grass fields might be a little sloppy. You know, being in the low country, they're probably used to that and practicing in it and playing in it. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll make the best of it. and We're not going to have any excuses. We're going to go play ball and be thankful that we, you know, A, still had football and B, we're good enough to make the playoffs. 
because not everybody had that opportunity. There are a lot of schools sitting home this Friday night, a lot of dudes watching football wishing they had that extra game. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're glad and seem hopeful that the rain's going to move out of here and uh, just looking forward to it. But uh, I think the training schedule might be that I won't be training tomorrow, so I'll definitely let you know. But I think I can definitely give you some time tomorrow night, and uh, we'll get together and get these brackets done. Yeah, definitely get these brackets done. And, again, that's something else. I mean, I, and I shared this with some young fellows today, is that if you're playing football on Friday night, just imagine how many kids turned in their – pads and their helmets and, and all their equipment on Monday morning. And guess what? Coming up this Monday, it's going to be another wave of pads and helmets and everything else turned in. So this is just the cycle. This is that time of year that a lot of things are going to be taking place. Uh, I will say this is that it will be what it will be Friday night. You know, again, you, you check in, you lock in, you dig in, but you make sure you leave it all in and on that football field because when that zero hits the clock and the ball is picked up in the air because the game is over, there is no go back. There are no do-overs. There is no we'll get you next week. That was it. <laughs> That's it. That's a wrap. And uh, when you look at it in that aspect, I got to say it in the best way I can, and that is don't leave a what if on that football field. Eugene, a great show tonight. want to thank all of our guests. We had a couple of great running backs, one from Sumter, one from Camden had, of course, uh, Mr. David Shelton at 630. Jamie Chadwell with the Coastal Carolina. That is the 15th-ranked team in the country. They're 7-0. They got a big one against the boys of Troy. They're on the road. 12 o'clock ESPN2 game. Should be a big one. Expecting a lot of big things out of that game. And, of course, uh, just had on special guest E5 Sergeant Williams right here on his day, Veterans Day, a former Man with the Army now currently over there hanging out in the, uh, well, D.C., Washington, D.C., y'all. And I want to thank you, Eugene, for starting us off today. I appreciate the love, man. I definitely look forward to tomorrow night. I'm looking at some of these brackets, and I should have time to do some research on some of the schools maybe we don't know a whole lot about. Uh, So we'll be ready to roll and uh, hopefully be a little more informed for tomorrow. All right, guys, that'll do it for tonight. I want to thank all of our guests, our listeners, and you, all of us that took time out tonight to hang out with us. We'll be back live right here on Southern Sports Central tomorrow night, 6 p.m. sharp to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, guys. God bless. Take care. Thank you to all the men and women right here on your day, Veterans Day. God bless. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.